Hey everyone, you're listening to episode 24 of the I Gotta Ask podcast. My name is Daryl, I'm the host of this show, and thank you so much for tuning in once again if you're a returning listener. You guys know how much I appreciate all of your support and I love you for it. Uh, if you're new here, welcome to the program and thanks for joining us. I describe the podcast as a show where I have conversations with cool people who do cool things, and that's about all I ever say about it. I simply strive to put out great conversations with interesting people and hope that the listeners enjoy the episodes. Uh, chances are, if you're listening right now, it's because you know today's guest, but whether this is your first time listening or you regularly download or stream the episodes, I really and truly can't thank you all enough. It means the world to me uh, to have you all along for the ride. All right, another musician today. Uh, today's guest is a fine gentleman by the name of Donald Spence. Don is a singer-songwriter who is a founding member of the band Versus the World. If you listen regularly, you may remember that back on episode 19, I had Mike Davenport on the show, uh, who has also been a member of Versus the World, and he and I discussed some of the band's history. But I've been trying to make an episode happen with Don for quite some time, because being not only a founding member of the band, uh, he's also the frontman of the band, and I wanted to hear uh, all about it from, from his perspective. In my opinion, Don is a songwriting and specifically a lyrical machine. Uh, I love this guy's tunes, and he, along with his songwriting partner and bandmate, Tony uh, Carafa, have written some absolute bangers that I just can't get enough of. Um, the band rips, but the songs also have a deep and emotional feel to them, uh, which Don and I talk about at length in the episode. Uh, we also spoke about the band's most recent release, which is an album called Homesick Roadsick, which again, uh, I absolutely love. Uh, but we also discussed the recording of their upcoming release, tentatively titled Bastards Live Forever, according to Don. Uh, besides discussing all things versus the world, Don and I uh, also talked about a lot of personal stuff, including raising children, strained paternal relationships, uh, his recent purchase of a business, getting tattoos or <laughs> not in my case, I guess, uh, gear, uh, recording demos at home being out on tour, and so much more. Uh, Don's part of California also experienced an earthquake during the recording of the episode, and although it was small, you can hear it if you listen closely in that portion of our talk, uh, we breezed past it pretty quickly, <laughs> but it, uh, it did freak me out, and I wasn't quite sure how to address it, <laughs> So, uh, but Don didn't seem overly concerned with it, I, I didn't think anyway, so we just kind of moved on, which is... <laughs> Which is kind of crazy that we didn't talk about it more. Uh, Don was incredibly open and honest uh, with me during the entire conversation, and I found him to be very charming and charismatic. And although I prepared for the episode, I quickly found out that I wasn't quite ready for his larger-than-life personality. Um, but uh, he was so easy to talk to that any nerves I had on my end were, were gone almost immediately. So I had a great time talking with him. And Don, if you're listening to this... I can't thank you enough for your time and willingness to share everything that you did with me. Uh, I had a hell of a time talking to you, and I hope we get to do it again someday and maybe discuss the new record at that at that time. Uh, I wish uh, you and the rest of Versus the World um, you know, much continued success, and I look forward to continuing to follow along uh, with the band's journey going forward. And who knows, maybe I'll, uh, I'll take you up on your offer to, to hit the road with you guys for a bit if you ever, if you ever come back through Canada. Um, all right, so uh, with that said, since the band's new album isn't out just yet, I'm going to play a track off the Homesick Roadsick record, and I had a damn hard time uh, deciding uh, which one to play. Um, I played the album's title track at the top of Mike Davenport's episode, and so I wanted to play something different for you guys this time around. But I truly love every tune on, on that album. So there are so many great songs on that thing, but I landed on a track called A Storm Like Me. I ultimately picked it because it, of course, has great lyrics, but also a chorus that I think is super catchy. And I love singing along with it at the top of my lungs uh, on my commute home from, from work when it pops up on my playlist. 
So following that tune, I'll roll the podcast intro music and get right into the episode. Uh, check out Don's Instagram, which is at DonVTW, just like it sounds, and the band's Instagram, which is at Versus the World Music, and Versus is not abbreviated, it's V-E-R-S-U-S, The World Music. Uh, there will no doubt be posts on this podcast, Instagram, and Facebook pages, so please, if you don't already, uh, go follow the podcast on those platforms, which you can easily find by simply searching for the I Gotta Ask podcast. It should be the only one on there. And if you wouldn't mind doing me a solid, follow my personal Instagram, which is Surly at O-L underscore S-U-R-L-Y. And that's it. Uh, thanks again, everyone. I hope you all enjoy my chat with Don Spence of Versus the World.
Hey, this is Donald Spence from Versus the World. You listen to I Gotta Ask podcast, the best questions you can ask with a Canadian accent, I think. <laughs> Yeah, man. Thanks for being here. Um, we should might we might as well get started. Yeah, like I said, I'm recording. Works it out. Yeah, man. This has like been the podcast that uh, you know has been the one that I've been chasing you for a long time because I feel like there's a lot to share here. <laughs> You're a very interesting uh, guy. I, mean, I, I, I moved homes. I moved up to the country up here on the top of Galita, and then I'm buying a bar, and then it's like yeah. Uh, I had Mike at my home during the move. Yeah, yeah. While he, so I just had like. It's been a nightmare. Yeah. I've just been fucking awesome. I'm busy, but I'm like good busy, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, fucking busy's good. It's a lot better than being not busy. You know what I mean? It's just rolling through life and the boring shit. That's for sure. God, that sounds great. Hey, listen, why don't you tell the listeners, uh, I'm sure that anyone that's here <laughs> is here because they know who you are. But why don't you introduce yourself uh, to the listeners that may not know who you are? Um, I'm Donald Spence. I sing songs for Versus the World. Um, I'm a very lucky guy, and I know it. And yeah, that's it. Good, good, man. Thanks for being here again. Uh, I really appreciate it. I like this little show. It's only I don't know what episode this is. Twenty four, I think. And like I've been so lucky with the guests that I've got, and I'm like it's a pleasure to be talking to you, man. I'm a big versus the world fan. I mean, oh, awesome. I'm a new versus the world fan, but I'm a big versus the world fan. So like I've told this story on the podcast a couple of times, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you because I'm sure you haven't heard it. But like I was watching some videos. I was preparing for. for Josh Lewis's episode. Um, I just hung out with him the other night. I went to go give him hugs. And oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm watching his YouTube to get to pre- get prepared for this thing. And he says uh, he's doing some drum covers for, like, the spam, like, couch fest thing that they were doing. And he says, uh, this is uh, this is a song by Versus the World, who's one of my favorite bands, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, Versus the World? And not heard of them. So I, I, like, quickly looked you guys up. And it's like ever since then I've been like in love in like in love with the homesick roadsick record. It's amazing. You know, Josh. Josh helped me with uh, with coming up. Our drummer couldn't make a lot of rehearsals. So yeah. When we were doing pre production, right? Josh helped us a lot with that record. Actually, we would go rehearse at the Murderland uh, Bomb Pop. Studio oh no shit. Would, yeah, he would help us just kind of get pre pro done. Yeah, I, and I'm like I was. That's what I was wondering. I'm like, how? Like, because you're in Santa Barbara, correct? Uh, yeah, I live yeah. in Goleta, to be more okay. specific. Okay, yeah. uh, but Josh is not was not living in that area, so you guys must have just met. No, no. Yeah, he plays drums uh, before the bomb pops. So I guess in, in in line with that, he was in yeah. a band called Murderland. Of course, Murderland. Um, Tony and I uh, became really good friends. He's our guitarist. Yeah, he also plays in Murderland. And after Mike D went to prison. Um, we uh we enlisted their bass player, Pat. I'm getting a phone call. Why is it coming through? My- <laughs> take Did it you if you have that? to. Take it. No, but take it if you have no, to. No, I don't need to take it. It was just <laughs> it came in through my headphones. So I was like, Are they blue- my phone didn't ring my head? Are they Bluetooth to your like phone? No, they're wired, so they're not Bluetooth. Dude, whatever's happening, it's happening. I, don't <laughs> I can't I'm hear like, anything. It's, I, it's fine. I'm bad at the tech. No, it's cool. Um so Cupcake, well, I guess his name is not Cupcake. That's what I've called him for <laughs> 20 years. Uh, Pat Solom, their yeah. bass player. He used, he used to be in uh, a band called Dead Country. And then he was in a band called, uh, he was with Dave Haas and Sean Sellers, our, our current drummer from Good Riddance. They were in a band called the Albrights. So yeah, 
we all have kind of just like, yeah, we're all a team. Um, so Josh and I have, he's Josh is his deal. Josh is a phenomenal drummer. Oh yeah. So him helping us out was awesome. Yeah. Josh is my, like I've and I've said this a number of times. Josh is like, I, I used to say he was my favorite punk rock drummer. Josh is my favorite drummer. He's fucking amazing. The more I hear and the more I see of him, of him playing, it's just amazing. It's off the chain. Well, he, 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 cause he really gives a shit. Yeah. You know, uh, and not to, not to say that other drummers don't. I'm no. just saying that he, like, like, he wants to be the best drummer. Yes. You and, know? And he works his ass yeah. off at it, you know? Yeah. He's fucking creative, and he, like, he's just, he gives, like, and I've talked about this again. He fucking gives a shit. Time. Yeah, he gives a shit. Like, that, that yeah. Bridge City Sessions they did, like, you can just, you can yeah. see it, you know? Like, all of his live performances, all his YouTube stuff, but that particular yeah, he's, one. Yeah, he's really fun to watch. Yeah. Him and Derek Grant. Derek from Alkaline Trio is also really yeah. fun to watch. I like drummers that are really fun to watch. Yes. I remember seeing, we saw Alkaline Trio in London, which is, like, just down the road from where I live in Ontario here. And, uh, and fuck, man, I had not seen a drummer that good live, I don't think, ever. You know, he was just phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. So tell me, like, you're originally from Texas, are you not? Am I incorrect I'm from in that? Texas. Yeah. So, so uh, Mike and I talked about that a little bit on his episode, Mike Davenport, of course, when he was on. Yeah. And uh, he told me a little bit about that history, but I wanted to hear it from you. So, so you're in Texas. You're, yeah. you're how old when you, when you left? I left when I was uh, 16, 17, I guess. Oh, I wow. Out here. I was a kid. Yeah. I teamed up. I met the Atari. We were booking shows together. Yeah. Um, I was booking shows for them um, in like Flower Mound, Texas, like nowhere towns. Uh-huh. Um, and me and Mike just became really good buddies. Like our band used to open for them. And um, I, I never really wanted to be a Texan. Like I know people, some people like being Texans, I guess. Right. I just feel like it's a lot of like football and Jesus. And I really <laughs> don't give a like one fuck about either of those things. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like all these people like we're proud to be Texas, and you like look around like what are you fucking proud of? Look at this, it's a wasteland. <laughs> yeah, yuck. So, manifest destiny. I marched all the way to the coast, and the their drummer Chris Knapp, yeah, um, who actually helped us form this band. He was going on tour uh, with the Atari. So he said if I would watch his house while I looked for a place, it'd be a big deal for him because he lived in this town called Isla Vista, which is like. A, it's a gnarly college town. It's like mayhem. Yeah, yeah. So he, he needed someone to house sit for him. Yeah. Because I was originally planning to move either to Santa Barbara or San Diego, but I fell in love with Santa Barbara. And uh-huh. I'm never going to leave. I love it here. Nice. And so I that mean, that's how you ended up there. It was, it was basically just becoming friends with the guys in the Ataris at the time and from booking for them. And whatnot. Yeah, we were all really good buddies. Yeah. We used to just play shows together and, you know, I got an invite to come out here and I just, I took it. And then when you moved down there to... Um, to California, you, you were working at their record store. Mike was telling me, which I didn't, e- which I didn't even know existed. Yeah, they had a record store called Down on Haley. It was named after a Nerf Herder song, right? Um, and yeah, I worked in a record shop. They would the the back room was their rehearsal room. Yeah, um, and that's kind of what started versus the world. Like they were doing uh, what record was that? So long, Astoria. Yep, yep. And Chris Rowe sometimes couldn't show up to rehearsals or wouldn't show up. Um, I don't know. He was doing whatever he was doing. Yeah. And to help with vocal cues, it was a new record. I would sing Atari songs and rehearse with them. Right. And then when we were done with that, some of the songs that they had written, like Johnny and and Mike, hmm. that didn't make the record, they really liked him, and they just thought, let's start start our own band. Nice. And we did. Nice. Yeah. And and Mike was telling me like he had 
like, like same kind of stuff like that he'd heard you sing and then and then of course like the rehearsal stuff with them he mentioned that as well and it's amazing how like things pop out of you know just necessity right like someone's the right place right time and then you guys figure out that <laughs> hey we fucking mesh together and why don't we start our own thing you know yes so where were you really bitching. <laughs> Where were you from in Texas originally? Sorry, I didn't. I didn't catch the whole. It's town. a town called Plano. Plano, Plano. Texas. Okay, yeah, yeah, Plano, Texas. I heard of Plano. Yeah. That's just it's just a burb. It's you know yep. suburbs are. It's a good place to raise a family, I guess, but it's you know yep. totally uninteresting. So yeah. did you did you grow up on punk rock like when you were a kid? Like, did, is that what you were into? Before, yeah, I grew up in rock. Oh, yeah, I grew up with rock and roll. Mm-hmm. For sure, I found punk rock. There was this kid. Uh, his name was Trent Gilbert in yep. my high school. He was a little bit older than me. Mm. Uh, I remember he smoked Parliament cigarettes and we would skip school and we'd go to Bill's Records and Tapes. And that's how I found punk rock. Yeah. It's so funny. It's like most and, people yeah. have that similar kind of that kind of thing, right? They find, they bump into someone that listens to punk and they show you the way. Yeah. Well, yeah, because, you know, before that, I think it's always kind of a gradual thing. Like, because, mm. you know, you're a kid and you, you're not looking at the underground because you don't know what it is. Yeah. You know, so I was just listening to metal or whatever. You know, listen listening to like Nirvana, Slayer, Metallica. Yeah. Great, you know. I thought Metallica was and Guns and Roses were the best fucking bands <laughs> in the world. I thought, how how could anyone be this talented? And the thought that was it. Like, fuck, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that. Yeah. And then I heard punk punk rock, and I was like, oh wait, this is actually the first time I ever cared about anything. Yeah, man. This is the second I heard that, and then it was that, that not, it was like, you know, I was never in love. I never knew what food tasted like. Like nothing mattered <laughs> until I found punk rock, and then that was it. That was truly it. I feel and like, it's been with me forever. I feel the exact same way. That's almost the, my exact like kind of story too. Like the, all the bands you just mentioned, Nirvana. I was into as a kid. Like my friends got me into Nirvana, and then and then Metallica. Of course, the Black Album was out when I was a, when I was a youngster. You know what I mean? That was like all the rage. My uncle got me into Guns N' Roses, which set off my love for Les Pauls. You know what I mean? And that that Marshall yeah. Les Paul sound. You know? Oh my god. It set up my love for Les Pauls, and then it set up my love for just saying fuck all the time. <laughs> Axl Rose, like they were just cussing, and I, was, I grew up Mormon, and I was like, oh my god, yeah, this is killer. Like I listened to Get in the Ring, and these guys were just, oh, it, it, it's, it's terribly tacky. <laughs> Anyone cusses that much, they sound like white trash, and I'm just like, oh my god, I love it. And then yeah. Yeah, I thought Guns N' Roses was the raddest thing in the world. But, I mean, let's be real. I mean, Guns N' Roses, for the time, for being an 80s, you know, borderline hair metal band at the time, which they weren't. I think they, they're great. I listened, yeah. to, I listened to the Illusion Records last night. I of course, night of course. You can't deny yeah. it. It's great music. But they were also punk punk rock. You know what I mean? Like, they were rock, but they were they were they they had that punk rock attitude, you know? Duff McKagan was a, a, a big lover of punk. So yeah, I, yeah, I don't totally. Know was, but I know Duff was, for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, like, I mean, the influences are there. It's It's... You know, just it just showed in their attitude. Everything I see from those old days yeah. and those old tapes. Now, as I get older, I go searching out these more rare things. Somebody told me about this concert that they recorded live, and I can't remember where the fuck it is. And and but I went and watched it on YouTube, and I just couldn't believe the mayhem. It was just the whole place was nutty. I'd not seen anything like that ever in my life, recorded or in person. You know. But now the idea, like I've been doing small rooms and loving punk rock so much like the mm. idea of like going to an arena show yeah. like get out of here oh i know you're not gonna catch me dead on the floor of dodger stadium with ten thousand other people hell no oh. i'd rather watch a, a 300 cap room and watch you know oh fucking right for some reason yeah yeah man that's that's the way to go intimate i used to tell people that all the time like hey you're gonna go see this fucking band and i'm like no they're playing at like 
like the well, it used to be called the Sky Dome. I'm like, I'm not gonna pay fucking a hundred at the time, a hundred, hundred fifty bucks a ticket. Now it's like three hundred and fifty if you want to go see any arena band. But yeah. uh, you know, back then I wasn't gonna spend that. My favorite shows were local, local <laughs> shows. Friends of mine that were playing a bar that held a hundred people or hundred fifty people, like. Fuck, man, those are the best. Intimate shows, bands that yeah. I liked, like the Ataris, who would come through and play these, little, not even clubs, they were bars. They were playing literally places where you, they were playing on the floor. There was no stage, you know what I mean? Well, that, so yeah, when I said I was booking the Ataris, mm. um, it, it makes it sound like I was like this, this hotshot 15, 16-year-old booking agent. But the Ataris, <laughs> the way that they did this thing, because I was not some hotshot, I didn't know shit. But the Ataris had this thing where back in the day, like right when websites was just like kind of just popping up for bands because you know before that we were you didn't have a fucking website yeah bands didn't have no i know the Atari's, yeah the Atari's would put a thing on there and it literally said for 200 dollars they would play anywhere 200 bucks so 200 bucks you could book the Atari's anyway and this is this is right when i look forward to failure came out mm. so the fat record success has, has kind of taken it and they're playing anyway mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah i mean i had i had a band the guitars were doing well. If I would book them for $200, I would make $500 at the door. I could get $100 for me, $100 for opening band, $200, and it would sell out. So you'd give them extra yeah. for back end. It's like, yeah. perfect. Like, I wasn't a hot shot. I was like, well, I can, people can come to my shows. Yeah. Because either I'm going to play the skate park, Eisenbergs, in Plano, Texas, to, yeah. to 56 graders, which would have been cool, or I'll pony up 200 bucks, make money. And people will be there to watch my band. Yeah. Because they're not there to watch my band. They're there to watch that band. Yeah. And now that you've said Eisenbergs, that I'm not to not to deviate too much from what we're talking about. This this podcast is about you and your music. But just as a side note, I think that's why I recognize that Plano the Plano, Texas name, because Eisenberg's skate park is was made by a guy named Arlo Eisenberg, who was a like a yeah. rollerblader, hotshot rollerblader at the time. And I, I used to be a fucking blader, like not till that long ago, till I busted my or twisted my knee about four, four or five years ago. So that guy is like was one of my childhood <laughs> heroes. And it's funny that you'd say you'd play the skate park. So they would put shows on there. Yeah, Eisenberg's. Yeah, Eisenberg's was awesome. Like you could have punk shows there, and like he had skateboarders. Like it was like everywhere else. There was like it was like the one, the first time there was a spot for us. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And for us, I mean, like there's always been punk rock venues. I mean, Dallas has venues, the mm-hmm. Galaxy Club, and that. But we, but we were like we were teenagers. Yeah. You know, there's no fucking place for teenagers to go. Mm-hmm. And your parents, you know, you're like you're dictated by what goes on. Like this place was radical. It it was like it was like the version to me of like. Uh, like when you first meet the Foot Clan in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, <laughs> the first time there's like skateboarders here. Someone's like, "Do you want a menthol cigarette or you want a regular cigarette?" I'm like, "Holy shit, I want them both!" <laughs> like that's what Eisenberg's was to us. It was like yeah. uh, we were, yeah, we were like the Foot Clan. Just we didn't know karate. I love like these hearing these stories about all these clubs that people or like, not necessarily clubs. I say clubs, but places people used to play when they were new in, new into music and having bands, right? Because those, yeah. those places are so fucking important. Like we had this little shithole place, a cafe called the Refugee Cafe. It was the only place we could go at like thirteen, well, not thirteen, but say fourteen or fifteen years old. They let us smoke inside. It was you know yeah. we're we're in Ontario, Canada. It's cold as fuck here. And they'd let us come in and drink, buy one coffee, and they'd refill our cup all night long and let us smoke cigarettes in there. And then we started playing shows there. And it was like, you know, like all those, those places are so important to like young kids and people in bands like coming up. So it's funny to hear that yours was like Eisenberg Skate Park because that's, that's uh, Eisenberg amazing. Skate Park, yeah, for sure. And uh, so like you mentioned Dallas there. How far were you from Dallas then? 
Uh, we're the Burbs, so probably half hour, you know. Oh, shit. So you could go um, in there and see shows whenever if you wanted bands coming through. I, I'm pretty sure that Eisenberg's was actually in Plano, though. Yeah. Yeah, but Dallas, yeah, that's where we would cool. first show I went to uh, was at the Galaxy Club that was Against All Authority. Oh, nice. Um, and then the second one was this band Kid Tested and Mill and Con coming out for the Four Monkeys tour. Wow. Um, God damn, I thought that was cool. How old a guy I are you? I like that you... show so much. If you don't mind me asking. How old asking. am I? I'm 39. Yeah. 39. So we're the exact same 30. age. So so the times that we were growing up and playing those shows, we, we would have been about the same age anyway. So, yeah, the, the timeline's lining up. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, yeah. 1982. I'm a Reagan baby, but uh, Ronald Reagan, uh, you're Canadian, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know Reagan, though. Who who doesn't? Who was, uh, like, who, what what prime minister was in, was in the office oh, when you were born? Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I have no idea. I'm I'm the least political person you can imagine. We just had a. a I'm not. I'm not political at all. I just, oh. my, my mom would always be like, "He's a Reagan baby." And like the Reagan <laughs> thing was like, I was too young to like to care about punk and Reagan. Yeah. I just that you know. I yeah. do remember the, the the dare and the just say no. Oh yeah, of course we all remember that. So I I probably know more about the 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 U.S. politics than I do on mine. It's like Canada just reports that stuff like like crazy, right? But I mean, it just it's all fucking white noise to me. I feel like they're all liars. You know, like I I don't trust any of them. It's too much for my brain sometimes. You know what I mean? I just want to tune it out and relax. Uh, yeah, we got to relax. We got to change the subject. It, it's almost <laughs> five o'clock. So while we're talking, I'm going to open up a nice bottle of vino. You do whatever you got to do, man. I'm, I'm yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> I got a new bottle of Andrew Murray's Limited Cab Franc last week. Oh. Look at this beautiful bottle. Ah, nice. Oh, this thing. I'm going to take you off the headphones so I can talk to you while yeah. I open this thing. This yes, is sir. A beautiful bottle of wine. Are you a big wine guy? You drink lots of wine? Oh my God! Yes, <laughs> yes. Your wine more than anything. I have a little bottle of Chardonnay tattooed right there. Oh, nice. I got wine grapes from my wrist up to my titty. Are you sleeved on both? No, you're not sleeved on both sides. No, I got just some little guys over here, like this. Yeah. Uh, I got really the squid. He's a squid smoking a cigarette, shooting a six shooter. He's kind of a rad deal. <laughs> but... I uh, I have zero. <laughs> I, I have this, zero uh, tattoos. Really rad piece by this woman, woman Angelique Camp that has a oh, shop in sick. Amsterdam. And she's like, she has this amazing shop. She's just like super smart woman. And yeah. now she's like hunting, like hunting, uh, like, pred- like predatory, like rapist men, like on her Instagram account. <laughs> Fucking gnarly. She doesn't even post her work anymore. She's just like out to find like scumbags and rapists. The, the world needs those people because not a lot, not yeah, enough people like, do that work. Yeah. She's like a Dutch dog and bounty hunter. <laughs> but just for like perps. <laughs> let's uh let's talk versus the world history a little bit more i know we uh we talked a little bit about how you got hooked up with with uh chris and mike obviously through mm-hmm. knowing those guys through through the ataris and the shows and all the other stuff and then you were singing with them and you got you kind of got in in with them that way but then how did it all develop so i know you guys were originally did you originally call it pen cap chew did i get that right um it was a name that Mike had kind of developed. Well, because here was the deal. Before me and Mike started Versus the World, me and Chris Knapp, their drummer, yep. uh, their old drummer, were like best buddies. We would hang out every day. Yep. Um, he got, he had some issues with the Ataris and left the Ataris. Mm-hmm. So he and I started the first version of what okay. would be Versus the World. All right. And we called it Versus the World. Ah, okay. Uh, and we had these songs. We had a pretty talented songwriter I was working with. His name was Yusi. Um, but we were shopping this thing around. 
And Chris was at a point in his life where he's like, I can't go back to an indie label. He's like, I can't go to yeah to whatever fearless, whatever kung fu, whatever the fuck. He was like, it has to. I, I have to put this on a big label. I can't pull it. Yeah. And we just weren't there yet. It's like, well, so he bailed. He's like, okay, well, I'm gonna take some time off music. He mm. just got walking papers from the Ataris. He was just fucking dinged. So he's like, I got, I can't do this project. Like, I'm really sorry. So he bails. And then Mike and I start working together. And the pen cap two thing, mm. it's just a, first of all, it's a stupid fucking name. <laughs> it's a Nirvana song title, is it not? It's a Nirvana song title, but yeah. that's fine. <laughs> Mike D loves Nirvana. And Mike D is very good at certain things. Mike D should not be the guy that names anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's a very important person to me. We're very good friends. And yeah. he's like a very positive person to be around. Right. But you don't get to name things. <laughs> So we did one tour under the name Pen Capsule. We had merch made, which is, I have the shirt. I'll send it to you. <laughs> it's an awful shirt. He shouldn't make merch either. Um, and yeah, we got home from that tour and I was like, he didn't want to have the name versus the world. He's like, I don't know. I, I didn't want it. He thought it was too big. Yeah. And then we came home. We're like, we looked at the merch. So I think he was just like, let's just name it versus the world. He's like, thank you. Yeah, that's a Please. great name. That that's the right name for the band. It's fucking a great. Name. I mean, here's the deal. It is. It's too big. It's too gaudy. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I want big and gaudy. Like I just want it to be like. Oh God, you should look at my home. I have like my bedroom furniture is like <laughs> just ridiculously old oak. It looks like it looks like I'm some some Castilian like ship owner. It's stupid. I love big stuff like that. I but, want it to almost be tacky. I yeah. Want to be like the poor version. Of like Dolly Parton. Yeah. Like I love that. Yeah. 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 I mean, I just like and, and for me, it's the perfect name for a band that's that's and, and not that you guys aren't aren't popular in your own right, but I mean like a band that's not big, a band that's coming up, a band that's putting out like self-released records or or whatever. That is a fucking perfect name because it, it embodies everything that everybody's trying to do when you get into a band. You know, you're taking the fucking world on. Literally. You're you're like you're trying to play these shows. You're trying to get your name out there. You're working your fucking asses off. You're recording, writing and recording great albums, you know? So for me, it was like, when I heard that name, I'm like, that's a fucking awesome band name. I hope the band is is good. And of course, you know, the first shit I heard from you guys was was that Homesick Roadsick record. And, you know, I fell in love. It's a great album. That record was, I mean, I think, you know, I don't even care. I think it's a great album. Too. It is a great too. album. Like, I like those songs. Yeah. I, I, and I think I, I attributed so much of why I think that record kicks ass yeah. to how much fun I had writing it. Like, yeah. Tony and I, God, it was, like, romantic. Like, we'd take trains to each other's homes every weekend from L.A. or Santa Barbara. Like, mm -hmm. we just drank. We had a, we'd given ourselves, like, a limit and a budget and a time frame. Mm -hmm. And we just did, like, we just drank together every weekend and made a record it was awesome yeah it was beautiful and so you and tony did actually write that record together it was just just we wrote tune? everything we wrote every wow. uh well no there's one song oh shit uh, it's a one or two songs i think it's self-preservation is killing us all and uh our song yep. we wrote those all together nice um just in the studio like not even trying to write we were just like these chords work well together Let's make something like we did it with the intentions to just write it all together. Wow! Like it, it wasn't like it wasn't like a magic thing. Like let's see, it was like no, let's let's get in a room and write something. And, and that's killer. It is killer, and that's amazing that you bring that up because like I, like our song is one of the is I'm glad it's the last song on the record because I don't have to skip it because that's one of those tunes I can only get through maybe thirty seconds of that tune and then I get like it gives me an instant heartache, man. <laughs> that song, the lyrics just 
they're so deep, like they feel deep to me. I don't know what the, what the meaning of the song is or what's the meaning so, behind uh, it. My buddy Tucker that used to manage a bar, a bar restaurant downtown um, called the Brew House. Yeah. You know, he's younger than we are now and he just got cancer and it just licked it up. He just kicked his ass. Fuck. Like he got it and it was like, like one of those cases, like, you know, our drug Drummer's son, he got this type of cancer and like fought, fought, fought. Like this guy didn't even have a chance. It was like four months, boom, fucking dead. Man. So like I don't even think that you you know that no one really had time to process it or grieve it. So yeah, yeah. that song was just about our buddy. Um but yeah. yeah, he was a young guy too. Yeah. I that, mean you die that young, that's a bad run. That makes it extra fucking tough when somebody young dies, you know. Especially when it's not something that yeah, you mean, know, there's people that have demons and they they do things to themselves and you know, it's unfortunate, and and a, a young person dying anyway. Yeah, there's always bad. something tragic about a yeah. about an OD. Yeah, that sucks. But when some, but when you know, yeah. it's, when it's just you just got bad cards, that sucks. Yeah, exactly. It's it feels worse somehow almost. Yeah, I, yeah, I can't get sure. through that fucking tune. I listen to it, and and I really like it, and but I I get choked up, man. And I'm not a person that's experienced a lot of loss, you know. But it gets me thinking about things, and you know, without knowing the actual intent behind it until just now. I mean, like, it, it, you can tell there's a sadness to that song. And it's a great fucking song. That's the thing. It's, <laughs> it actually feels, when, it, when you first hear it kick in, it's like, all right, this is a fucking rad song. And then all of a sudden the lyrics just, <laughs> they choke me up. I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to change this. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're I was driving. having a good time. Yeah, I'm and you're driving down the road start tearing up. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get it. No, incredible lyrics on that tune, though, man. I, I love it. And, and I mean, the whole yeah. I have, some, I have some words I really liked writing. Um, you know, they were really sad, but yeah. I think they were clever um, in telling a story that I don't know. There was that was going through a weird vocal phase at that time where I felt like, and I and I don't care like um, that it was that way. Um, mm. I was just trying to say everything. Yeah. What do you mean weird vocal phase? Um, like I was like for I was really just trying to be. Instead of like super like metaphoric, like I kind of was when I was young, I just wanted to be like really on the nose and kind of like almost romantic in yeah. like how, how just cynical it was, mm. you know, just like just fuck, just laid it out there. Like this song is about a guy dying. Yeah, there's so running much- out of oxygen. Yeah, you know, and I just I just want I don't know. I was just going through like a making it just really obvious. You yeah, know? yeah. So. But although the, the although those lyrics and, and I feel you there 100 percent like I do think some of those lyrics are, are are on the nose they you don't have to guess too much about what you're saying it's not it's not dripping in yeah. metaphor but there's so many good lines off that record like there like there's songs that rattle or lines from songs that rattle around in my brain all the time you know like like in homesick roadsick where like the the line for me that always gets me is uh, I like to keep warm from the bridges that I burn. Like that's my fucking life in a nutshell. <laughs> in a nutshell, you know what I mean? It's like, ah, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. hot in here. It's yeah, it's, it's like it's like I'm getting a little chilly, a little comfy. Let's fucking let's fire this uh, this relationship down the or down the toilet or burn it. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm a divorcee. I know all about fucking <laughs> up a good thing. I'll tell you what. Like I, I I'm a lot of fun to be around. I am I'm always trying to host and make sure your cup is full. But yeah, I must be a pain in the ass to be married to. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm just like Mr. Good Time, you know, and I bet that gets fucking old. Yeah. And again, yeah. We, we got away from the band history a little bit, but how did you get hooked up with Tony then? If you guys wrote Tony that Tony Bones. Yeah. I needed help with uh, with a touring guitarist. Yeah. And he was like, he, he was, well, first of all, he's a phenomenal guitar player. Oh, he's shit. A yeah. Freaking shredder. Yeah. So Chris Flippin couldn't tour. Yeah. Something was up. And he, this is the only guy that could take, I mean, Chris is an insane guitar player too. Yeah. So this guy could do it. 
We mm-hmm. hired him on to do a couple things. And it didn't take long uh, through that tour for me to be just like, I don't know, do you want to be best friends? <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know just to be like, Tony and I are totally different people. Like, so here's the deal. Here's how, it, here's how my divorces, I only have one, but I'm sure there'll be more. What happened is I would get, I get linked up with someone like Tony. And Tony and I, like, I, he is the brains and I'm this heart. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm always like trying to like make things super cool and chill. Like, hey, let's have a nice time. Like, everyone just relax. I'll write these songs. Let's do this thing. And he's like, this is how it's got to be. We've got to be very structured. We have a budget here. Uh, you know, it's like without him, nothing would get done. Without me, no one would have any fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, yeah, me and Tony just became this team of two people that should really hate each other. Like I should be like, dude, fucking relax. And he should be like, dude, get a fucking job. <laughs> but we love each other. <laughs> like, and we make lightning like together, like whether or not it becomes successful or whatever, what we create makes us gets our hearts racing. Like we just make lightning together. Yeah. And I want to, I want him in my life till I'm dead. He's a magical person to be around. Yeah. I mean, his Instagram is like, is I think it's angry Tony. But he doesn't seem like an angry he's guy to an me. Angry, oh, he's an angry little guy. Not to me. He's just very <laughs> serious. He's just very serious. Yeah. But someone's got to be. Yeah. I'm not going to be. No. And I'm I mean, not going to be. And no. I, I mean, I feel it. I know, I know where that, like, that handle comes from. My, my personal page is, is old Surly, right? Because I am a grumpy fucking Ugh. guy. Like, like I, I always liken myself to that dad like on The Wonder Years. You ever watch that show, The Wonder Years, when you were a kid? And, and there was like... I absolutely did. Yeah. And Fred Savage's dad was, you know, that... that grumpy guy he'd go to work and he'd come he'd come home and ah, i gotta sell this fucking dump you know like that that's that's me now you know i'm, I'm approaching 40 and i feel like that's me so i, I totally feel him on that but he doesn't see like, the other way I, yeah. I decided that all i wanted to do was wake up late and serve wine and make people laugh so i bought a bar yeah <laughs> and you've got the right I'll personality keep, for it i'm gonna keep the party going forever I'm yeah gonna be like hopefully I, you know i'd love having a nice time yeah and, oh, it's not, and, and Tony, Tony is a very fun guy to be around him and I, he's very articulate. Yeah. He knows cocktails very well. He's very smart about good food and wine. We have that very in common. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that he's just serious. So maybe people will think he's cranky, but yeah, I know he's just, yeah, it's just, just anything. him. I, I can't say enough good things about him. I yeah. fucking love Tony Boss. Yeah. He seems like a fucking great guy. All the Murderland guys seem like great fucking guys. You know, I've talked to, I've talked to, um, uh, Mike, of course, and, uh, and Jerry, you He's know, really they, talented. they've been on and I've been trying to, I've been trying to get Pat or, or cupcake as you, as you call him. And I'd like to hear a little bit more about that <laughs> nickname. Um, but I've been trying to get Tony too, because he had a, he had a, he had a chess piece that was, uh, a hostess cupcake, but like a <laughs> sacred heart, like burning cupcake. And I always thought it was the coolest tattoo yeah. ever. It's a good idea. He hated it. He ended up covering it with like this giant owl. Like, oh shit. Still a cool tattoo, but I do miss his little cupcake tattoo. The hours in the chair. I like I don't have any tattoos. I cannot imagine what how a cover-up must feel. Getting all that ink, you know, placed on there to cover up the old thing that big, you know? I hate getting tattoos. It I do- hate it. Like my wife's got a couple. She's like, they don't hurt that bad. Like you should get one. I'm like, it's Oh, they're awful. The- She's full of shit. They're terrible. <laughs> it's not the pain that I, bugs me know. though. It's it's the commitment, you know? I have I have so many. Oh, it doesn't matter. Fuck it. Like, I told you I have I have a squid smoking a cigarette on my arm. Like it doesn't. 
if it's almost like if it means too much, it's almost cheesy. Well, that's what like I that's just... what I don't want. I don't want something that I that I want no. think means so much to me right now, and then fucking ten years from now go, why the fuck did so, I get that? So so don't get anything that means anything to you. Yeah, yeah. animals doing people shit. <laughs> get yourself a flamingo golfing. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I love it. That's um, the way to do it. That's how you always love it. Okay, so but you. No, it's <laughs> awful. I remember I was getting my chest tattooed. It was like this was like thirty hours of work. I remember. Oh my I remember god! The second, the second that guy put his needle into my chest, I literally remember thinking, "This is a terrible idea." Oh, thirty hours. And then month. Oh yeah, thirty hours over. I, I was to do my arm and my chest body. I would, I would go once a month for like three years. Holy fuck! Yeah, yeah, yeah. not for me. I can't. I wouldn't be able to sit in the chair that long. I don't think. Oh, it's awful. So you guys, uh, you, so you put that lineup together. So now you've got, you've got uh, Tony Bones. Well, and... our first lineup, our very first lineup was me, Mike D, this guy Gavin from a band called Staring Back, and this uh, Casey Crest. Casey, well, Nick Matsuda was our first guitarist. Yeah. Um, he could not tour. Some, I love Nick. He's a very talented guitar player, and we still talk. Yeah. Um, some people can tour. Some people cannot. Yeah. He literally fell apart on the road. It was like, this is not, he literally was saying, we were in Pompano Beach. It was raining outside. He's like, this is not my life. Like, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Fuck this life. This is terrible. Yeah, we're, we're eating boiling, boiled peanuts in the back of a van. And, no, it's awful. Um, so there was no hard feelings there. We came back, we got this guy, Casey Crest. We've had a lot of different members through the beginning of this thing. Casey Crest was a friend of mine. I just needed, so he worked at a record label. I needed him to, I needed him to go on tour. We were going on tour with Noise for a Name and Lawrence Arms in Europe. Mm-hmm. I needed someone that would travel. Mm. And he was like, dude, let's do it. He came on board, um, never wrote a record with us. He was just touring. Um, and he ended up, I was, I ran a bar, a music venue. He ended yeah. up doing sound for me at that bar, Velvet mm-hmm. Jones, and then he ended up working with Frank Turner and Chuck Reagan. And now he, now he works for Flogging Molly. So I don't think that being in a band was necessarily what he needed to do. He needed, he's, he's one of the people that makes the rest of this shit happen. Yeah. So we didn't become a firm lineup until we got Chris Flippin. Mm-hmm. And then Chris Flippin dialed us in. Yeah. Um, really, as a, he's just really good at this. Mm. I mean, he's good at being in a band. Yeah. Well, you'd have like to if be you're in the be... studio with that guy. If you're yeah. on tour with him, like he's just good at it. Yeah. Well, I believe it. Uh, we had a really talented drummer and Brian Charleston. He was good at uh, like all the like merch. He was really good at the, uh, yeah, at making a band look like it was a band. It was really cool. Yeah. Uh, but he be, he owns coffee shops now. He's like this big coffee mogul down at San Diego. He's doing really well for himself. Oh wow! And good. you know. Good, but I don't think touring was what he wanted to do either. Yeah. You know, playing shows is fun, but like being gone for super long amount of time just isn't for everybody. I love it. I love living in a hotel. Like, yeah. I think that's radical. Yeah. Um, and then so through that, I think his very last tour was Australia with mm-hmm. us. And then we picked up Sean Sellers and from Good Riddance, you know, yep. mm-hmm. I think he's in Pulley. Um, and he, yep. he lives in town. He and I are just, we had dinner last night. We went nice. to the tee off. He's awesome. Mm-hmm. And he's a, he's a really good drummer. I mean, yeah. he's one of the best there is. Yeah. So I have a really good team of guys. Um, everyone is uh, amazingly good at, the, like, at, at their instrument. Right. Um, so I'm really lucky that 
you know, I always, I, I, I like seeing bands like Bayside where it's like four members that have just always been together since we're 15. Like, that's cool. That's just not my band. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a list of like eight fucking people and it took me eight people to find the five, four people that I, that works perfectly. Yeah. So where I do like seeing like that, I, I don't mind seeing like a Weezer where there's like, where you're swapping out people. It's just don't give a shit. It's just part of the journey, right? Like being yeah. in, being in a band is like that. Sometimes you find the right guys, like you said, he hit it off, boom, and those guys yeah. stay together forever. And other guys are a revolving door. You know, other bands are a revolving door. You know, totally. And I don't think you need to change the band name. Yeah, I think if you change singers, maybe. But I mean, fuck you, Van Halen riffs. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, man. I I, I I agree with you. Like the singer is yeah. is a is a big one though. Like it's tough to singer's a big one. Yeah, and so, so you know if they're gonna swap me out. You better get a fucking Sammy Hagar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and then, so that lineup now headed into the studio to make that Homesick Roadsick record? That was the lineup that went in? That, uh, no, uh, that was minus Sean. Minus Sean Sellers. Okay, yeah. 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 Um, but our drummer was on the way out at that time. Like yeah, I right. told you, he couldn't, he couldn't really do pre-pro. Right. He did the recording. I mean, uh, Josh Bomb Pops did a lot of the pre-pro. Yeah. Like, we had, we, it, it was already, he was, Brian was already making his way out. Yeah. He yeah. was fine with that, you know? So why didn't, why didn't Josh jump in? Did he, was he too busy with bomb pop stuff? He was busy too. Like yeah. everyone was busy and we had this thing. It's like, dude, it doesn't matter. Like, we'll just put it out. We'll make sure it's good and we'll put it out. Oh, but yeah, shit, everyone yeah. was busy. Bomb pops were just becoming bomb pops. Like they, I mean, not becoming, I say that wrong. Cause they, the bomb pops have been around forever. Right. Uh, but people just started to give a shit about the bomb pop. Yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, I mean, people don't realize they've been playing shows to fucking nobody. Yeah. They, they, they did the work. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, people were just starting to give a shit about him. So, yeah, Josh was, God, he was playing in all kinds of bands. Yeah. So he was, but he was doing that thing. He was going to be in a band. Oh, 100%. Did well. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's that's exactly why he said he moved to, to L.A. to go to, you know, to MI and it was to do that was to get into yeah and, and, and if Bob Pops didn't do anything yeah well, we would have hired him for yeah. sure mm-hmm. I would have begged him and him and I would have a blast he's I, a good dude to be around it, I mean it, not not for nothing I mean Murderland is one of my favorite bands but but I mean Bomb Pops I really like them too and a big part of it is because of Josh and I mean Jen has has said she's been quoted as saying the Bomb Pops weren't really the Bomb Pops until Neil and Josh joined right so it's no surprise to hear that's when you know things started to pop off for them was was when you know Josh kind of around the time Josh joined the band. They I think they went to another level, uh-huh. you know. And they, they not that they were in a good band before, but I think they went to another level with Josh and Neil. No, you're right. Yeah, it's not about being a good band. It's about yeah, it's not, it's everything. And timing is also yeah, everything. It, yeah. You know? All that stuff combined, you know what I mean? Like they're like yeah. the the work ethic is there now. It's it's amazing. Um yes. So you guys just did a new record though. We've talked a, l- a little bit oh, about yeah. your old record, but your your new record's just being it so it's done now. Per, like you've recorded the everything. The record is done i'm gonna go down to hang out with cameron um cameron webb i should say his full name cameron webb is producing this record mm-hmm. um tony really wanted him um sean sellers really wanted him uh chris flippin really wanted him he had done the last lag wagon record he had done the last bayside record he had done the last alkaline trio record um i know he had done some friends in town from lobster records and I don't know why, but I didn't give a shit who produced it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like if it was going to be Tom Flowers, if, and, and I know that's something very specific that I should care about. Yeah. <laughs> but this record was 
it took us so long to make it. It was a year and a half of work mm. and it was constantly evolving. That I was just like, you guys, I don't give a shit. Let's figure it out. And whoever it is, we'll, we'll, we'll work it out. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't care. I think because everyone was so invested in who they wanted. I was like, okay, dudes, like if you have that much going behind it, yep. I'm going to go with your instinct because I, I don't. <laughs> you know, like I, I had put, I, I had just gotten divorced. I'd written all these songs, so I should have had a focus to where I wanted it to be. But I just didn't give a shit. Like, if you guys are that serious about it, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna trust your instinct, yeah. Tony. I'm gonna yeah. trust your instinct, Chris. That's why I have. That's why I play with these guys. Yep. I surround myself with people that are fucking smarter and better than me. Oh. so I took their opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And and now me and Cameron are, are super good buddies. Like we hung out. Dan and I went to House of Blues just last week. Like we are buddies. We hit it off. He's an amazing producer. Nice. So yeah, we did the record with him. It was uh, I don't know how many days. I'd have to ask Tony. Tony was Tony's the numbers guy. I think it was twenty days. I was gonna say it felt like cool. it felt like a lot because I've been following along on the Instagram, obviously. And well, here's the bummer. The bummer was this, and this is kind of a personal problem that happened. We had these days blocked off. All in a row, mm-hmm. which is kind of the way you want to do it. Yeah. So you can keep momentum. But then Tony's dad got super sick and had a heart attack. So oh, he no. peeled over while Tony was out there visiting. Shit. So super heavy. Yeah. So our days cannot be blocked off in a chunk now because Tony has to go there and to be with his dad. And Tony and I did so much work on this together yeah. that there was no way that I was going to go in the studio and without him for the remainder of the time. Yeah, of course. Because him and I... We we're a songwriting team. Yeah, yeah. Like we want each other's opinions. Yeah. So we had to push things back in the studio, but pushing things back by ten days—that doesn't mean that Cameron doesn't have shit to do. I mean, everyone's writing records during this pandemic. Yeah. Everyone's making albums. So ten days ended up being equivalent to two months. Yeah. Yeah. Because spread of how. Out. Yeah. Yeah. So now we had to spread it out. We had to go mm-hmm. back three or four times, which ended up being really cool because then I would have times where it was just me and Cameron. Yeah. There'd be times where it was the whole band. And then I could go back and listen to the things that we've done and I could be like, oh, that's really bitchy. Let's build on that. Or be like, that was, that was adrenaline. That's a bad idea. Yeah. Once you put that on now. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. It was really cool. Time in between is not bad because then you're not, like, I would imagine you're not rushed now, right? Now you can go back, like you said, and think about shit. And which wonder, is what I like you know? to do, yeah. man. I don't like to, like, I'm, I'm I'm a, I'm really just low key. Like I like yeah things just to be how they're gonna be. You know, yeah. like I don't need to force anything. And if it's the way it's gonna be, it, it really frustrated Tony. Me and I had done all this work, and he wanted to get things done. Right. And of course, because we want this album to be out, we want a tour on it. But yeah, is there a name for the album? About you guys got it titled yet? Oh, I think so. Okay. I don't know. If I'm supposed to say it. Though. Don't say it then. <laughs> Less editing uh, for me if you don't want to say it. <laughs> I want to name the record uh, The Bastards Live Forever. Um, we have a song. It's a, I, I got, like I said, uh, me and my wife, uh, we split up. Yeah. So there's a lot of like songs about kind of how I self-sabotage that relationship, of course. And then there's a lot of songs about my father who's, who's a missing person right now. He's passing away. Oh, my God. And just being a total total son of a bitch and just mm. a prick the whole way and then just kind of giving us all the fuck you on the way out um <laughs> and still you know and so the idea and so they're like, like the, we have a line uh in the song 
the good die young and the bastards live forever. And I just thought, okay, I'm a bastard. My old man's a bastard. <laughs> you know, these, these, these good, these good people that are out there like jogging and keeling over yeah. at 60. That's a shame. Cause these pricks, me and my old man, we're going to live to be 200 smoking cigarettes <laughs> and eating bacon. Like, we're assholes. So I, I just, I really wanted to name the record. The bastards live forever. It's a, we'll it's... see. Uh, I know, I know that Pat wants to name it. Uh, what does he want to name it? Viva bastards. I'm not sure if it was a play on something that, that yeah. my, my original idea, right. but I think it'll call it the bastards live forever or bastards live forever. I think that, that they, they wanted to say clip the, I think it's going to be called bastards live forever. It's a great title, man. I hope, uh, honestly, I hope that's what it ends up being. Cause that is a killer title. And, and I hope you're I'm right. I'm goddamn the... sure that's what it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I have a song on the record called, yeah, it's called going out for smokes. Like the whole 1950s <laughs> thing about just leaving your family. Like, yeah. you know, like there's, and it's like, you know, and I wrote a really heavy song about like just a son of a bitch dad that just well, my father. Yeah. Uh, sorry, dad, if you you had it coming. <laughs> uh, but like, you know, I was like, I was this kid like staring at the window, just waiting for you. I remember writing. I remember writing about a specific day, a mm. specific moment in my life, mm. and we wrote this song, and we were going over it in pre-production, and Chris Flippin just like has tears in his eyes. He's like, dude, that song is that is about me. Like, mm. I just like I held my buddy like he's, he's just I think about it I get sad like yeah he's like that song is about me mm. you know and it and it t- it touched my one of my very best friends the way that it touched me like yeah yeah I want to name it bastards live forever like you don't just get to be a prick and get away with it yeah fuck you yeah I got a couple kids of my own you know and like I don't know you gotta god damn just show up a little. Just fucking show up a little bit. Yeah, it's. Not, I mean, it sounds like you had a bit of a complicated relationship with your dad, but and and I I grew up the same way. Like my dad was present in my life, but not. You know what I mean? He was he was around, but no. not really for me. You know what I mean? And and so it, now in my older how, days, how fucking convenient for you, dad? Like yeah, yeah. Kiss my ass. Yeah, yeah, I mean, in my household, it was like mom mom raises you, and I'm gonna do go do my thing, and I'll be back every night, but you're not gonna see me a whole lot. You know what I mean? He was just in and out, and. And now older, as I get as we get older, he's trying to sort of mend that relationship. But those feelings are there, so I I completely understand sure. what you're saying. You know, and, totally. And you know, yeah. It's in a lot of people's relationships. I mean, like a lot of people are going to hear that tune and feel the same way. So I mean, like, oh, it's it's, a, it's peppered throughout the whole record, and the, and it's and it's not just a fuck you record. Oh yeah. man, it's a lot yeah. of it's like, dude, I'm I'm I I could I could very well be this exact same guy if I'm not present and yep. in the moment and 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 making sure that I'm not. So a lot of it is like looking at me, being like, dude, you ain't that rad either, guy. You better take it easy and. Make sure that you don't do these things that scarred you. Yeah, I don't. You know, I don't. My dad, my my father is very much like me. He's a he's like a a people person. He wants to make sure that hey, I got the bill, I got the card, I'll take care of drinks, I'll do this thing, you know. And I'm that person, but you know, he, I get you got to do right by your family too. You know, I don't think we really talked until I was seventeen or eighteen. Yeah, yeah, not too much. So it's like. Um, you know, so a lot of it is looking at me and being like, dude, you can't blow this in. Yeah. Don't, how, don't blow it. How old are so, your kids now? Uh, I have twins. They're five years old. Oh, wow. That's amazing. I, I don't yeah, have any rat. kids yet. I, really I'm, I'm scared to fucking death. We, we almost uh, were in a situation where we were going to have twins, but unfortunately yeah. one, one didn't make it. I, I have one on the way. I don't even know if I'm supposed to say that. We're not, we're not at that three-month mark yet, and a lot of people that are friends of mine that listen to this will probably be shocked to hear that, but... We were going to have twins, and then it didn't work out, and now we've got one on the way. But I am fucking terrified. Like, well, dude, if you're not scared, then you're not respecting the process. Yeah. Yeah, be scared. It's going to suck. 
like for the first year, you're really going to, you're, uh, you're the dad, you're going to be in the back burner. Yeah. Um, your wife is going to be totally consumed with how busy and how much she's needed. And you better just take that on the chin, man. You gotta be cool and, and, and be supportive. Don't be oh. this, this guy that was just like, someone needs to look at me. Like, cause that's how I was. I took it very personally. I was like, yeah. I have this wife, this best friend. We used to travel the planet together, just eat food and drink. And now I'm, basically ignored like i took that personally i wasn't grown up enough to be like jesus christ man yeah she's got twins dude <laughs> lighten up um yeah so just know that dude it's not going to be very fun for yeah. you you yeah. know it wasn't very fun for me until they were about two or three and i was like huh, this is the best yeah. this is the best like now we're playing legos and freaking yeah playing Mario Kart and I'm teaching you things and you're teaching me things. And yeah. But the first couple of years, man, you're going to hate it. Just be cool. Yeah. Oh Just yeah. Be cool. No, absolutely. And, and the, but like the baby portion of it isn't what's, I mean, yes, being responsible for a, a child like that, you know, a, a newborn is, is terrifying, but what I'm more nah, scared of, that. that's easy. <laughs> what I'm more scared of is, is trying not to become the things I, I didn't like in my dad when I was a kid. You know what I mean? Because we are our father. Oh, you will. We are you our will. father's sons. You will right? be. Yeah. yeah, you will be. You're gonna you're gonna raise your voice. You're gonna be like, God, you're awful creatures. Because sometimes <laughs> they are, right? Like I'm not gonna be bullied by someone I taught how to poop. Like what? But you know, <laughs> but it's gonna happen. Dude. Yeah. And because you, you look at your parents, like they have this sight. This you know, you're a kid. You look at them like they have this type of knowledge, but no, they're just like us. There's a couple of knuckleheads. They're just trying yeah. to figure it out. So you'll figure it out. Yeah. I, I mean, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Um, or you won't, and one yeah. of your kids will write an amazing record about how you blew it. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. <laughs> and I'm almost like, I, you know, I, I don't know what the experience was like for you having two at once, but I, that's, there was this weird sense of relief. When we found out we weren't going to have two, there was this weird sense of loss and relief at the same time. You know what I mean? Because it, was, uh, it seemed like such a daunting thing to have two at once. It's pretty gnarly. Having twins is gnarly. I'm my yeah. buddy Dave. Dave Haas, actually, he, he lives in town. Right. Um, he had twins as well. Yeah, here's what I'll tell you. I, my ex-wife was a twin. She hated being a twin, mm. by the way. Mm. Absolutely hated it. If I had had a kid before these twins, <clears throat> maybe I would have thought, oh my God, this is brutal. I can't pull this. Yeah. But my first round was twins. So now I feel like that's the only thing I knew. Yeah. So whatever. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, go. Getting back to the record a little bit here. Uh, not not to switch gears too hard, but. No, switch them all. Let's talk about all kinds <laughs> of stuff. Um, so you guys, you, you spoke a little bit about the, pan, about the pandemic and how it afforded you some like some extra time. Was this was this an album that was born out of the pandemic, or were you guys already like planning to, no. to write and release something? Absolutely not. We were writing. We had and a couple of songs that we wrote years. Like, I guess Jesus Christ, now it would be three years, two and a half years ago. Yeah, made it on this record. We were working on stuff right after Homesick, mm. and we toured a lot on Homesick. Mm -hmm. And we came home. We wrote a couple songs, and then we just didn't give a shit about them. Mm. Um, we didn't, we didn't, we had songs, Tony and I both did. We shared them with each other. We wrote them and we put them away. Yeah. Um, uh, and something Mike D always told us, he's like, if what you're writing isn't what you think is the best shit you've ever done, don't put it out. Don't just don't put it out. We yeah. just put it away. And we didn't even talk about that. Mm. We just put them away because they weren't rap. And one of them came back to life, a song that we tentatively had called Good For You, mm -hmm. um, is now a gem. But yeah, I mean, yeah, we took these songs and they weren't that, they weren't what we wanted. So we put them away. We tossed yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, and so we were, we were going through the pandemic and Tony and I 
started talking and he's like, I have songs. We had both had like a year of writer's block. I wouldn't even say it was block. We wrote songs we didn't like them, so we stopped writing. Yeah. And then Tony started sending me songs and I started singing on them. And then that inspired me. So no, it was born before the pandemic. A couple things remained, but it, it, it was brought back to life during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And which in a process that we I'd never really liked. Like I I like to be in a room with Tony. I like yeah. to and then take it to the room with the band. I like to be born that way. None of that happened. We were writing songs. He would give me guitar parts with program drums, and he's a phenomenal drum programmer. Holy yep. crap. Yep. I can, I should send you a couple of these demos. I would love that. They're he's burly how talented he is at this. Yeah. Um, so he would send me those things because we're not gonna get the we're you know, we weren't going to get the band into it yet until we had done a little bit of pre-pro so we could show them what we wanted. So he sends me these songs, and they're fucking good. Mm. He sent me like five, something like that. And I was like, okay, I'll get to writing. Mm-hmm. And we just started going back and forth, which I really hated Yeah. Um, for a little while. And then all of a sudden, I just loved it. I thought, this is great. Mm-hmm. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't touch the songs until midnight. I would open up one, and I'd get get my words done i mean you can hear some of these demos like i'm screaming because i'm drunk you know because i'm (laughs) I'm finishing the vocals at 3 a.m yeah and so i'm adding like four vocal parts i'm like oh my god gang vocal here yeah uh two harmonies here because it's just me headphones yeah these songs and i'm going down the rabbit hole so i began to love this process i was like at first really bummed that we couldn't be physically together doing this thing yeah and then i just kind of got lost in in my own world of just like oh my god i'm gonna finish this wine and finish this song and then nope i would open another bottle of wine and go to another song and i would love i so i love this this version we've never been this prepared for a record Mm. because we were just doing the homework and it's awesome yeah yeah it's it's a weird thing like i know exactly what you're talking about i fucking hate like i'm i'm kind of new to home recording i've just as i'm getting older my songwriting ability is all of a sudden like I was I've been a shit songwriter forever, but all of a sudden these ideas just come out of me. And there's a bunch of demos that I've written, and they're some of them are complete garbage. I know that, and others have like potential. I know they do, but I fucking hate doing that and then sending it to friends for feedback because you don't get that real time like they're in the room with you and like you can kind of feel them out. You, you kind of see what they're thinking. Yeah. Right? When you send it off, you're waiting for a reply like, yeah, that that that's good, but you don't really know what the fuck they they mean. You know, do yeah. they really think it's good or not? Right. So I, I, I hate know. the recording. I hated it too, and I took some getting used to, it, and now like I love it. I had a yeah. blast because I would just overdo it. I would just get lost in this thing, and yep. it was yep. super killer. It's amazing how many hours you can lose to just working on a demo, working on a song. You just <clears throat> oh fuck this part. Oh, I don't like that. Delete and then redo it again. Fuck that's better. Oh shit, now you have an idea for here. It just keep building, right? Yeah. And, and here's and here's why I think I that I became. I mean, of course it's fun. You're. Uh, for me, I was drinking and singing songs. Yeah. Like, that's my only, like, what? That's, like, one of my two. These are the things I love to do. Like, this yeah. is one focus of my life I love doing. Yeah. Uh, of course, my people weren't in the room with me. Yeah. But I don't know. Getting lost in that rabbit hole with good booze and mm-hmm. good music, I was having a really good time. So now I love home recording. <laughs> are, are you So are you new to it then? Like, did you not do much of it before before this? No, 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 no. I would do, like, Quick little garage band demos yep. of just uh, of, uh, of, uh, of me and an acoustic, and that would be the idea. Yeah, yeah. I'd give the guys the idea, and then we get in the room, plug in, and hash it out. Yep. But no, these songs. By the time that they were sent to the band, these songs were done. Yeah, they're pretty much done. Yeah, they were done. You just got to re-record them somewhere 
in proper, like in a proper studio, and then you're good. Yeah. Well, I mean, what ended up doing was we went to Cameron and we started working out, hashing out better choruses. But like the songs were done. The, yeah. It wasn't just bones. It was bones and meat. Like right. it was really right. cool. Yeah. And I think that it was a great process. And here's why, Tony, here's another reason you're so important is because he was good at that thing. He yeah. could take a shitty little demo, something that you and I would have a garage band, and he could turn it into, oh, yeah, this sounds like a freaking song. Yeah. So you would get excited when Tony would give you back your demos because yes. you'd be like, oh, my God. This yeah, they sound so much better. Yeah. So yeah. if you want your demos to sound good, send them to old Tony. <laughs> I have a friend like that, too. <laughs> my buddy Matt is, like, incredible. Like, I wrote this, like, shitty song. It was, like, the most catchy chorus I'd ever written in my entire life. But it's, I knew it sounded like shit. And I just said, my buddy Matt goes, okay, let's, Friday night, let's get together. Like, three fucking, three and a half hours we worked on this thing. And he did it all. I sent him all the stems, and he put it all into logic on his end. And he mixed it and mastered it, and by the time and pitch corrected my vocals and my harmonies, and by the time it was done, it sounded fucking professional almost. You know what I mean? Like not not quite, <laughs> but it was as professional oh. as I could get. Right? I'm going, holy fuck! And you know what? And and it sounded like a professional pre-production recording. Exactly. And that's a good yeah. place to start. Yeah. 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 So I saw. So, yeah, I, this process was really fun. Actually, I, I hated it for the first couple months. Yeah. But then I just fell in love with it. Well, it's no wonder Tony's good at that stuff too, because he 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 is a musicians institute guy as well, right? Did he not go to MI? I still haven't oh, I haven't been able to pin that down or not. I don't know for sure. Tony's the smartest dude I know. Yeah, he literally just like did like God, I can't even tell you. I'm not gonna speak of his. The guy is brilliant. I'm gonna he get him here. I'm like, gonna I'm gonna get him on here to talk to him. I have to. Yeah, he was part of like the audio video thing for the massive Mars landing. I'm like, what, what? dude? What what do you do? got known him for years? Like we're brothers we've traveled this planet like yeah. i love his i was there when him and his freaking wife went on their first date like i love this dude and he was asking he, he asked me what he was like you have no idea what i do i was like i have no fucking idea what you do i don't know what you do yeah you work with nasa who are you dude? yeah <laughs> what no i i, I have to uh oh. i have to know that story now <laughs> i definitely have to have him on here oh man he's, 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 he's really brilliant yeah yeah but no I, him and i like we are our life is making music we like yeah. to go to restaurants together we like to eat and drink and we know a lot about each other's lives but i don't know what the hell he does yeah <laughs> and he explains it to me i'm like i don't know he used to work for that guy was it tony robbins the guy with the big teeth oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. inspirational speaker <laughs> so the big yeah, tall I guess guy he got his start yeah yeah, he got to start doing uh, tour stuff with him. I don't know what oh, specifically. No shit. I don't even know. But, yeah, Tony's pretty interesting. I, I guess he's not that interesting because he's told me these stories and I don't still don't remember what he does. Yeah, <laughs> can't be that rad. Well, I, I need to, I need to get him on here to ask him those questions now. And now more than ever, I want to talk to him. He sound, he's, you're making yeah, him he's sound awesome. like a, like the kind of guy I, I can't not have on here. Like I have to get him. Here. He's my favorite guy. To, him and Kim and Cupcake are really yeah. good guys to go out on the town with. Right. Um, because the three of us, I think what really makes us tick. I mean, we're both we're all family men. We all love uh, making music. Yeah. Uh, well, that's obvious. Yes. We share those things in common. But the things that we love to do together, we like to go out and eat good food and drink good wine and of drink course. good booze. Yeah. Like we we love that. Just sharing those life experiences, those right? Just like sharing life. Yeah. Yeah. Good food, good booze. And I'm not saying it doesn't have to be bougie. I'm not talking about expensive no. stuff. Like we'll no. sit over we'll sit over uh you know, like a Philly cheesesteak and yeah. like a Vespot. Like doesn't matter. Yeah. Breaking bread with those two guys is some of the best nights of my life have been breaking bread with those guys. Yeah. I find that a lot. Like life experiences are it's not what you're doing, it's who you're doing it with most of the time, right? 
Well, what you're drinking and what you're eating. Ah, yeah, that, of course that helps. That helps a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so uh, you got, so you guys head into the studio. You, you have all the pre-production done. Then you start working with your producer. Yeah. What about uh, music, like uh, instrument stuff? Did you guys mic up? Tell me you mic'd up live amps for this thing. Oh yeah, of course. Okay, so, thank you. So Cameron Webb, he's he's done a lot of work with, like, like I said, who we did previously, but like he had worked with uh, Motorhead. Um, for a lot of time, like he has a lot of really interesting amps, mm. um, and we used them all. Yeah. And previous to this record, a lot of bands, us included, mm-hmm. a lot of bands have been doing this thing like, like less gain, like turn down that gain. Yeah. Because you know when doing when when we're doing our punk rock stuff during the '90s and 2000s, everybody had a Mesa boogie. Everyone yep. had this rectifier. Everything yep. was crazy. And then there was a time where everyone stayed away from that. Like our last two records, Homesick maybe a little bit less, but like your your distortion, your sorry, your gain is dialed back so you can yeah. really hear the guitar and whatever. Fuck that. We didn't do any of that. <laughs> we got metal amps. <laughs> we turned them up loud as shit. Good. We did three amps on some tracks, four amps on others. Like, yeah. No, Fucking no, right. No, 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 no stressing about tones. Like, can you hear that, that fender through that tweed amp? Shut up. Let's put it through an Uber shawl and crank it to 11 and make this thing sound just metal. I love it. Which is for Flippin' and Tony and Cameron Webb. It was awesome. And it's something that we have stayed away from for two records. Everyone has been so, uh, you know, because fads come in and out. Things come and they go. Oh, yeah, sure. So, so as you know, as as it was, the last couple of records were during the time where yeah, we toned things back and we had very nice amps. It got a bought a Bogner Shiva from the white guy from Earth, Wind, and Fire. Like I yeah. had like these boutique amps. Nice. And this was just like no, just thrash it. Like let's just make it sound heavy. Yeah. And it was really it was it felt like being a kid again. Yeah. It was awesome. So yeah, really heavy amps, really serious, serious playing. Like yeah, the bass, like the serious. These guys are all serious players. Like no one's a joke. Everyone no. is really good at what they do. Yeah, yeah, no, of course. And they beat the shit out of their instruments. It was awesome to yeah. be a part of. Because this is the first time I didn't play any. Ah, not you. Uh, I played some peppered in there, but I didn't play guitar on this record. Oh, really? I play guitar on every record. Yeah. Um, I took a backseat to guitar playing. And really, and I hyper focused on melody and words on this record. Like it is like mm. it's gnarly. It's mm-hmm. seriously the, the the heaviest I've ever gotten into it. It's not. There's some moments where it's like almost like Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Like this style of melody. Like it's. So I let these guys do their thing. I didn't. I touched the guitar just <laughs> if things needed a little bit more feel. Yeah. Like a little bit more like because they're these guys are so techy. Yeah. Like if something needed a little bit more like a swamp, like almost kind of like like a little like less. Less refined, yeah. I would do a couple things. But no, I let these guys, I didn't touch a guitar. Wow. These guys kicked ass. Yeah, because every, I mean, every time I see you in a video or, or something like that, you're, it's usually three guitars. There's, there's you know, two guitars, yeah. and then you're singing. I let these also guys do it. Les Paul. Yeah. Yeah, I let these dudes do it. It was awesome. Nice. So are you going to ditch, like, the guitar if you guys get out touring again, or are you going to try to... Yeah, I've recently, I recently have been. Um, yeah. I've been, I've been really enjoying it because I really like to just sing. I have a lot of harmonies. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry, melodies that are, I sing really high. Like maybe you can't mm-hmm. tell from my speaking voice, but I have a very high voice. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we have this other guy that I like to take on tour with us, uh, Mike Woods. He, uh, he he's out working with Flaggy Molly right now. Mm-hmm. We're, we've been lucky enough to have Gavin Caswell uh, from Census Fail come out with us a couple nice. times. I like having three. I like having three guitars. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I like to just sing. Uh, you know, I, w- I want you to be able to hear what you hear on the record. Yes. Um, uh, this record, there's no way. Yeah, yeah. A lot of parts. No way. We, a lot of vocal parts. We overdid it. I overdid it. I love it. <laughs> We had like a year and a half. Like we did all this time. There's like a, there's like a Sarah McLaughlin amount of <laughs> of backup vocals on this thing. Like we're, we're we're going back to for mixing day, and I'm sure I'm gonna taper things back considerably. But no, I want I want. This is a pandemic. It took it'll take two years, probably two and a half years from conception to release. Yeah. No, I want this thing to be over the top. Yeah. yeah. And I want it to be yeah. We produce that. It's not gonna be overproduction. It's not gonna be like tuned vocals bro. right there's gonna be a lot on there right 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 we're overdoing it yeah 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 we're overdoing it. we haven't got to play music in a while we went to the buffet and we took more than we're gonna eat yeah that's the deal <laughs> that's not a bad thing on a record, record. though some, sometimes it's nice to get those big some, like some it depends sometimes sometimes you want like a foo fighters color of the shape yeah which is which is the i would say the amount of vocals type of thing you want here right and then sometimes you just kind of want like a like could drain you, like yeah. my baby, did, you know, just fucking nothing on there, but just like a bleh, like yeah. shitty guitar, and shitty vocal, like like an old Jawbreaker record, yep. you know. There's a time and place for all that. But oh this yeah. Is, oh, this is this is a over the top. Nice. And who sings the backup well, when you guys play live? Uh, Pat is an amazing backup. Yeah. Singer. Oh, of course. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, Mike Woods is really good, and Flippin's really good. Really. So, so it will work. You'll be able to hear. So it. I guess the closest uh, would be like, like, it, it, it'd be like, like, like Red City Radio's type of like mm. three or four part harmonies on yep. a couple of things. Yep. Uh, but a lot of it is three part harmonies are are fucking awesome. But you can definitely you can definitely go overboard with three part harmonies. It gets to the point where it almost sounds barbershoppy. You know what I mean? Oh. <laughs> yeah. No. No. You don't want to do that. Not usually no. on a record, but like when you do it live, no. it can be, it can come no, off. No, no. In a barber yeah. shop, totally. That's a good time and place for that. <laughs> <laughs> Not on my new album. No, no, no. I think it's really bitching though. I think yeah. it's really fun. Uh, when I say over the top, I'm just saying we, me and Cameron had a blast doing it and yeah. we didn't stop. We just kept doing vocals. <laughs> so the mixing day will probably be a lot of editing, but yeah, yeah. Every, we had time. I had time and I sang. Yeah. And I put parts there where I wanted them. Sure. Um, I've never, yeah, I've never got to spend that much time yeah. um, with someone that was that good and articulate at doing vocals. So I just thought I'm going to do it. Yeah. What's the, what's the like rough timeline for, for getting the thing released? Do you guys have a date set in mind or is it just kind of, you're working on it and then as you go? No, we are, everything is going to be pretty much tied into how long it takes them to turn into vinyl. Uh, We're talking to a couple of labels. I'm not sure. Uh, probably, should, well, I wouldn't, I don't want to spoil anything or yeah. get anyone's hopes up, but um, we're 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 gonna get, get a nice home for it. It's looking like records are like, like four to six months out of being for being made into vinyl. Yeah, I don't need vinyl on release day. You know, yeah. I can do a pre-order, mm-hmm. but I don't want it to be too far behind. Right, right, you right. You know what I mean. Yeah, so I think we're looking we're looking probably about four months, especially with how like on the easy on the soonest four months, right, right, yeah, at best, right, yeah, yeah, and I mean with vinyl being what it is right now, like it's very hot again, right? So and I know clearly I can see like you I can see your collection behind you. I know you're oh yeah, check it out, and that's nothing, like yeah, 
that that thing is full and then my bar i have i love records yeah. um i always have my mother had me love them when i got married uh my, my i got a large gift of like a whole giant like i love records i yeah. like the process of it yeah i like that you have to pay attention um to an extent, like yeah. I like that for an LP. I don't like a seven inch, right? Because I don't, I don't like getting off the couch. I know it's a pain in the ass. So I stop buying seven inches. I don't care how limited it is. <laughs> I don't care if it's a B side. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. I don't want you. I don't want your fucking seven inches anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it is a lot uh, of I work. Love records. Yeah. Yeah, it's bullshit. I, I'm now. I'm not having fun. Yeah. Now I'm not having fun. Right. Keep your fucking seven. <laughs> Uh, but records are very important to me, and they're and they're very important to our specific genre, genre yeah. punk rock, especially rock and roll. Yes, but punk rock especially. Yeah, and I love it. And I'm going to make sure that the vinyl looks good and the fit. We have this artist that we're that I've been speaking with. He's an amazing artist that owns a winery up here. Yeah. Um. To 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 paint our cover. I want it to look good. I want it to feel good. I want it to smell like a record. Yep. Um. That's very important to me. Yeah. Um, and and I think it's important to other people. The tangible um, quality is like, it's something that's lost nowadays. You know what I mean? Like a lot of these kids growing yeah, up. Yeah, but you know what? You, you, you don't have to like it. Yeah. You know, if, 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 you want, if you want just your Spotify and yep. you want your Apple Music, cool. I get the convenience of that. Yeah. And there's that medium just for you. But this thing is special and I want it to look good. Yeah. So that's very important to me. I always bought the CDs because I mean, I mean, even as things like even now, like I don't have a, a Spotify premium account. My podcast is on Spotify, I and I don't have a premium account. I just listen to the free shit, you know. Oh, I don't have a Spotify account. Yeah, um, I, I actually, Tony, Tony does. He helps me with that. Yeah, uh, I have an Apple Music. Yeah, that's as much as I know, though. I don't really, yeah, I don't know what they're I just ten bucks for because I don't stream anything that's the thing it's like it's okay if you're in your car and you just want to hear your playlist but i mean when you're at home you want you know something better better quality and i think the vinyl for sure is people a lot of people have said i'm not a huge vinyl guy i have the only punk rock vinyl record i have is the murderland one because i bought their their discography thing you know where it came with all the cds and then the last record was on vinyl and the t-shirt and all that stuff and that, so i got as part of that but i don't even have a player i have some old records like beatles white i have on record somewhere in the basement in a box with a bunch of other stuff but then the only punk record i have is this murderland one and i i really want to spin it versus the cd to see if i can hear a tangible difference you know what i mean and or not the cd but like the the digital download that i got with it yeah but do you um, do you think it sounds better like do you think vinyl is warmer like they say here's what i say i don't give a shit <laughs> <laughs> at all if it sounds warmer yeah i can't tell you if it does and you know what if you think it does maybe you're i have a very nice record player yeah i have a very nice system it's set up in yeah i don't give a shit that's not why i do it yeah i do it because i like it yeah. i like i like getting up and flipping that record i like that i'm actually listening to it i like the ritual of it yep um i'm not sitting there with headphones on no it's going through the speakers all through my home yeah yeah um, yep. and there's speakers in every room music is very important to me but i don't I don't know if it sounds warmer, and I don't. That's not that's not the reason I yeah. do it. I do it because I like because I like that medium. Well, I like that answer so, because a lot of these music snobs are telling me, "Well, it just sounds warmer, man. It does, nothing sounds like a like a vinyl record." And I'm like, yeah, "Fuck uh, a dig a digital copy of something sounds fucking amazing." You know, I go down. The I road. bet the digital copy <laughs> sounds way better than all the records I have. I have some old Willie Nelson <laughs> records that I listen to that sound like shit. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not gonna put it through my Apple Music through right. my Sonos. No, I want to. I want to play. Shotgun Willie yeah. on the record. Yeah. 
And no, it doesn't sound warmer. I don't know. It sounds like my dad skipped it and was maybe drunk when he flipped it to side B. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I, it has personality. Yeah. No, totally. I man. like it. I, yeah, I, so. I like the shit inside. Like for me, it was CDs. Because when I grew up, you know, we had tapes first when I was a kid. We never really had a record player in the house. My parents weren't vinyl people either. But we had tapes. Oh, my mom was. Yeah. We had tapes and then we had CDs, right? But for me, it was flipping through the liner notes of the CD, reading the lyrics, looking at the art. Oh, yeah. All this know, did all that. That if you were a punk rock, that's how you found bands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's how we found bands. I so thought... Your mom was, your mom was yeah. into vinyl, but what did she... So would, was that your sort of your first introduction to music? Was your mom's sort of vinyl collection? Oh, yeah, sure. My mom was like one of these people... That, I mean, my mom was... Moms are the best. Yeah. Moms are the best. They are. Um, she was the type of woman that just... Anytime we'd be driving, anytime we'd be cleaning the house or cooking, yep. she had music on, and I would be blown away that she knew every word to every song. Yeah. And we'd just sing everything. And it's like, we would just sing together always. Like, it was just so romantic that yep. she would always have a song in her head. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I would just watch this woman just always just sing her day away. Yeah. And just, you know, think that's special. Like, yeah. And I'm glad that I got some of that. I, I'm glad that I got a little bit of her shine because I really love the idea of just this happy person singing songs, knowing all the words. Yeah. Rock and roll meant the world to her. It means the world to me. Yeah. And that's the thing, man. It's like you, you take when your parents can give you something like that, like like my old man and I, like like I said, we're not we're not super tight. You know, we're we have a relationship now better than ever. But, you know, we weren't super tight when I was growing up. But the one thing I got from him was he had musical ability. He played instruments. He never played like rock and roll instruments. I think because he was more into into cars in his teen years than music or or not that he wasn't into music, but he wasn't into making music. But when he was a kid, like he played trombone, and he played all this shit, and and I think my mom is not like that at all. So I somehow got this this musical talent from him. I think I really feel that way. You know, your mom doesn't listen to music. She does, but like it was. I mean, and, like, your, and your dad plays the trombone. My dad played the trombone, I'm, and I played the trombone in in high, in, <laughs> in high school. I'm. Glad that you found punk rock, man. <laughs> yes, sir. Because it was fucking. <laughs> trust me, man. Like my musical tastes are—they're still all over the place. Let's not let's not fucking bullshit here. Oh, my taste, my taste yeah. is like I don't really, you know, I don't listen to a whole lot of punk rock. Yeah. Like daily, right? You know what I mean, right? Like I wake I wake up and I listen to old country when I'm cooking breakfast. Yeah. Um, I have a jazz lounge, so we're listening to kind of mellower music, jazz and calypso when I'm at the, when I'm running the bar. Yeah. Uh, I do love punk rock, and it's but like it's it's a it, let's say it's like half or it's like half of what I listen to. Yeah, yeah, you know me what too. I mean. Yeah, I'm, I'm listening to I'm listening to crooners mostly. I'm listening to Roy Orbison. I'm listening to George Jones. Um, nice. But I'm listening to oldies. Yeah, mostly throughout the day. Um, you know, like last night we were uh, we put on Usual Illusion one and two. We listened to. A, mm-hmm. The home we listened to the, the Hold Steady, Boys and Girls of America. That record turned 15, so we listened to that yep, last yep. night. Yeah, I saw your post. Yeah, I was like, I don't know. There's always music on. How about yep. that? Yeah. Always music on at the house. Yeah, and that's And the then thing. my daughter, my daughter is like in love with Taylor Swift, so yeah. I got her some Taylor Swift vinyl. And I'm not going to be this guy that's like kind of trying to bum out that she listens to pop music. I'm no. going to listen to whatever. No. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. So yeah, I'm buying her records, and now now I'm listening to Taylor Swift. Uh, 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 you know, 
You can't shit on for the kids. two hours a day. Yeah, you can't shit on the kids for the music they listen to because our parents did that to us, or at least my parents did, right? Like they didn't. Oh yeah. They didn't get that. They didn't get punk. You know, I was I was making punk music in a punk band in our basement. Now, they, did they let me jam in the fucking basement where this whole entire house just echoed with this shitty fucking music? Yeah, but they didn't like yeah. it, and they didn't like what was coming out of my room when I was when I was playing shit. But but you have to. <laughs> I wish that I always wish they were more. Not accepting of it, but like encouraging. Like, hey, I'm oh, really my glad you're into were that. You know? Absolutely, super effing cool. They made sure that I had guitars. Yeah. Um, amps. I mean, like, we had places to play. They were dropping yeah. me off at in downtown Dallas for shows. Like, yeah. They they had me in choir lessons. They had me in piano lessons. They had me in cello lessons. They yeah. had me in guitar lessons. They first they had me. They wanted me to do sports. Like every, they, everyone yep. wants to have like discipline like that. They had me in karate and like baseball and football. Yep. And I fucking hated every second of that. Yeah. My mom yeah. is from Europe, so she wants sorry, Spanish blood. So she yep. wanted me to um have a soccer in my love. Yeah. <clears throat> Boring. I'd rather watch oh, yeah. fucking hair grow. So they kind of got quick that I wasn't gonna be like a sports guy. And yep. they got back. But here's the deal. They had me in all these different things. And once a fire took over here, they like pushed it. They're like, okay, that's it. Music for this guy. Yeah. Yeah. I had the most supportive mom and stepdad. He's my dad. I don't even say stepdad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just, I, I'm just trying to be clear because I have one very distinct relationship with my father that I didn't know that I wrote mm-hmm. this record about, mm-hmm. and then I can't say dad in the same interview without saying that this this man Scott raised me. Sure, and he's a big part of why this family ticks. So yeah, yeah. That's why I bring up the the, the word stepdad, but no, he's yeah. he's truly my father. Yeah, and that was the nice thing my like my parents did for me with the with the music thing was they they got me the lessons they got me the instruments they helped me out whenever I needed to that way same thing driving me around driving me like you know forty five minutes away to drop me off and play a gig yeah. in, you know the next couple towns over and all that kind of stuff so you know don't get me wrong like they they were supportive in that way but they didn't like my music <laughs> they didn't really want me to play oh. it in the car if we were going anywhere kind of thing you know <laughs> <laughs> well yeah I get that. Let me uh, let me ask you about your solo stuff because we're already like well into our the second hour here. So, uh, oh cool, y- you did a bunch of solo acoustic stuff. You have tons of like or yeah. not tons, but you got a couple at least releases where you did acoustic solo stuff. Um, yeah, correct me the if I'm wrong. The last one I did was with Joey. Joey. Joey K. No I did shit. It his, oh yeah, it's called uh, One Week Records. Yeah, One uh, Week Records. Okay, I didn't know that was Joey K's label. Yeah, it's his record. Holy shit. I did a, uh, 10 song record, I guess it would have been two years ago. Um, where we just, it, for him and I, it wasn't one week records. Yeah. Um, we really haven't even really talked about this because it's supposed to be one week. Mm-hmm. Him and I are like absolute buddies. Like during the pandemic, he lived yep. down the street. He lives down the street. Um, we spent, he's on tour right now. Yeah. But up until last month, Every Tuesday and Thursday, we got together. We had wow. songwriting nights, dinner, drinks. Wow. Like, it, he, we have, we're best freaking buddies. Like, <laughs> we spent the last year and a half making sure that we didn't go insane. Like, we were, because everyone had these quarantine yep, groups, you know? Yep, yep. And we were it. We decided we're not going to see other people. Like, <laughs> we were exclusive. <laughs> yeah, because we didn't want to, we didn't want to fuck this thing up, you know? Because we, because at least we were, together you know what i mean mm-hmm. and it was awesome so yeah b- b- previous to that we made a record together nice and it was joey is a tough producer really yeah like he was tough um but no matter how tough it was we would go out 
to the bar and drink and spend the rest of the night having a blast. Yeah. But he, cause he's a singer. He's a songwriter. Right. Right. He really likes my voice. He likes my voice. He likes, but he doesn't like, he likes to, he wanted it to be perfect. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Even though it was a one week record. So right. instead of one week, we pretty much spent a goddamn half a year on that record. Yeah. Just like going back and forth to each other's houses. The guy would go to his house in San Francisco. Um, there was a lot of we just a lot of spending time together and right. instead of it just being like a get in make this record in seven days we had a couple of times where like his house flooded so couldn't make the record that night sure um and so we just got the thing was cursed like the first two trips the bad things happened where i was like well we only got two days of work done Shit. so we're like okay well it's not gonna be a week dude let's just <laughs> do what you and i do best yeah. like it's already not gonna be a week right let's just let's just drink and make a record and we did <laughs> yeah so no. did you did you write that a lot of that stuff while you were on the road with versus the world though did i read that somewhere? Uh, yeah i wrote a lot i was I, my relationship was deteriorating and i think that that was the first i didn't know it but that was the first stages of me getting divorced was mm. writing that record mm. that was me dealing with with it yeah um so it's kind of a bummer record <laughs> to be honest like <laughs> Like if you check out the first song, the arsonist is yeah. like it's very it's like it's realizing that yeah like it's a, that that all these magical things are happening and 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 you weren't you didn't have the foresight enough to appreciate it you just burned it down yeah um, the yeah. record's really it's really self it's a it's a self aware record mm -hmm. and it's kind of a bummer yeah it's a good record. The songs are good, but yeah. there's, there's some songs that are just like, fuck, dude, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's bummed. Well, I mean, but that's but that's part of why your records are so great, why the, why the songs are so good. It's because you're writing them from from personal experiences and drawing on that emotion, right? And you can you can feel it in every fucking song. Like, they drip with your with your emotions. You can feel them, you know? And did this... Some well, of those, I, 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 I feel like uh, um, that's... You know, it, it's it. I, doesn't everybody do that? I mean, <laughs> I I don't hear it on some records. Some records are just feel good yeah. records, and they're they're cool songs, and they you know they're upbeat, and they you know they're bangers, but they're not they they don't hit me emotionally, you know. But when I listen to yeah, okay. versus the world songs, right. like I I feel things, you know. And then that's those are my favorite records, the records that make you feel shit. You know? <laughs> Thank you. Oh, Thank a, you. I do agree. I like to feel stuff too, but yeah. there is like you know there's. There's a time where you could just put on ABBA and be like, oh, yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> I don't feel anything. Just... There's there is a time for ABBA. There's always a time. Yeah, for I ABBA. just I just feel happy. Or the Bee Gees, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Put on a Bee Gees song, any song, and tell me you don't like that song. You're fucking lying. They're all. You good. know what? <laughs> for you, it might be the Bee Gees. For me, it's Hollow Notes. I don't know a lot of Hollow Notes. Oh my god! Check them out, dude. You're gonna listen to the record. You're like, oh wait, I know all these songs. Give, give me, give me the the best Hollow Notes record in your opinion for me to check out. Oh my god! Well, the it, it's for me, it's songs. Like you got, like they for me, they're, they first of all, they're babes. These guys look mm. like the guy with the mustache. Looks oh like yeah, the prettiest girl ever. Yeah, they're they're good looking <laughs> men. That's rich, for sure. rich girl is like, yep. You got come on. I know like, that tune. Of course, I know that tune. You can rely on the old math money. These guys have killer voices. Yes. Like, get out of here. Yes. Yeah. Um, for me, I really love, I love, I love a good Hollow Notes song. Um, uh, who else really just does it for me? I like, uh, 
Private Eyes is a good jam. Man Eater, mm. Sarah Smile. I know that that's just kind of a slow one. I don't really love that one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Man Eater's a good fucking tune. You can't but, deny that. I can't, I can't. Here, let me look. I can't find mine. They do a cover. What? Who is it? I, I think it's the Righteous Brothers. They do. Oh yeah, you lost a loving feeling. I love that oh. cover that they do. They cover you know that tune. Oh, it's really cool. But you know. Righteous Brothers have, have probably the better version. When I found out that those guys were white guys, I couldn't, like, <laughs> Unchained Melody, like, I bought the record, I was like, these two fucking nerds? <laughs> what? How can that be? I was wrong. God damn, I was wrong. Some of those tunes that you did acoustically, though, getting back to that, they, they uh, ended up on, on Homesick Roadsick, a couple of them, right? Um, here was the deal. So we weren't writing a new record. It wasn't supposed to be a new record. Yeah. Um, these were songs that, um, we wrote that, that song, the, the solo record is after Homesick. Mm-hmm. Joey wanted to just pick, those are Joey's favorite songs. Oh, okay. So that's how that is. Like he, he really likes the black ocean. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Great fucking tune. Um, so those were just Joey's songs. I said, ah, I him, I'm like, we went through a process. I sent him like 30 songs. He's like, these are the ones I want to do with you. Gotcha, gotcha. So that's how that worked out. Ah, uh, I see. Okay, so I, I, I had the timeline fucked up. I, th- I thought those were acoustic songs that you guys turned into like full-on, full band tunes, but it's the other way no, around. No, so, so I wrote Homesick, Road Sick, and we went on tour, and we did a Lagwagon tour. Yep. Um, off of Homesick, Road Sick, and on that tour bus, me and Joey, uh, he's like, come to the house. I'm doing this record label. You want to do it? Yeah, I mean, we're hanging out every night. Joey's another guy, like Tony and Cupcake, that he loves good food and good booze um, and talking. Like, Joey and I can talk. We both talk way too much. <laughs> so, yeah, from that tour, we were like, dude, that's it. We're going to get together. We're gonna... So, yeah, it was born from that tour, from the Homesick Road Sick tour. Nice, nice. Well, that's a good That's a good old uh, story. I didn't know that. And, like, uh, oh, yeah. not to, not to uh, you know, like, like I was saying before, like, when I listen to your tunes, I feel things. A lot of that shit resonates with me. A lot of those songs make me think about times in my life. But uh, I wanted to ask you specifically about retox detox. And and if you if this is offside, you don't want to talk about it. Then we don't have to. But oh yeah, go for it. I mean, I I feel I've never been. An, I won't call myself an addict in any way. I think I've definitely abused things in my life that I probably shouldn't have. Alcohol being one of those things. I know I don't no longer drink because of that. I kind of got a little bit out of control with it at a time. As long as it ain't, as long as it ain't women and kids, you're abusing. <laughs> That's true. That's a good you way go, to look at it, I suppose. You go have a nice time. Yeah. <laughs> but a song like Retox Detox is that born out of like a battle with your own demons? Like, have you ever you know been on this, the addiction side? Have you ever felt like you've been there? Um, here's the deal. I don't think that, it, that, um, I've been addicted to, I've never been a slave to something. How about yeah. that? Yep. That's good. Look at it. But I love drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, okay. And when I say drugs, I don't, I, I, I'll be specific. I, I, I like cocaine and I like, mm. uh, alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, and fuck off. Yeah. You know, um, i I'm a business owner. I'm a father. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't let those things bleed into the shit I got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, detox retox is kind of like there was like the year before the kids were born. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think I was. There wasn't a night where I didn't at least have a couple of drinks. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. 
because you know I, I run a bar. Yeah, I have a bar. Of course, I go on tour. Yeah, like you know. Um, so yeah, there was definitely a time where I was like, dude, take it easy. I wasn't making bad decisions. I wasn't uh, hurting people. I yeah. was fucking hurting me. Yeah, yeah. Drinking a lot. Um, not a lot. Like, just like, just like. Every, yeah, you know, a, a long span of it. But yeah, I mean, there's there's no lie. Uh, I have songs about uh, my drug use. Uh, mm. uh, there was times when I was younger that I probably abused drugs harder than I should have mm-hmm. um, when I was in my twenties, and I just started out, and God, the band was making money, and I was yeah, yeah. I probably did too many drugs. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was a kid. I was experimenting with mm-hmm. LSD. I liked LSD. I liked mushrooms. I never really liked pot. I've always liked alcohol. Really? Um, cocaine is just a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I love I love wine. I don't drink any beer. Yeah. I hate beer. I yeah, me have too. Two beers a year. Me too. Um, I adore wine. Um, and I don't. I don't have I don't have any shame about it. No, and, and you so shouldn't. Yeah. I mean, like if you're, if like you said that that is maybe the perfect fucking way to describe it. You weren't a slave to anything. I think as yeah. long as you can walk away from anything at any time, as long as like you know, you, like you said, as long as you're not doing it to the point where you're hurting yourself and, and like causing yourself unnecessary pain or suffering in your life or others around you, then you know, do what you want as long as you can control it. You know, like I I'm a yeah. I'm a weed guy. I don't drink anymore because I was drinking. I was enjoying drinking, like you said, too much too often. Right? Like, yeah. I mean, so Willie Nelson had the same vibe. He was yeah. saying like he like he whiskey was taking over his life. He yeah. had his he had this story like where his wife at the time had rolled him up. He had passed out and pissed himself on the carpet. She wrapped him up in a carpet and beat the shit out of him with a broom. <laughs> He's like, he tried tequila, tried beer. Nothing could give him that buzz that whiskey gave him. So yeah. he just quit and smoked pot. He's like, otherwise, I'm a cheating, whoring, drug abusing asshole. So he had to just smoke pot. Yeah. Um, everyone has their deal. Uh, do I call them demons? I don't care what they are anymore. Well, I feel like they're not. If, like, you, uh, if they're uh, not causing you trouble, it's right? just. It's just, it's just me. Yeah. Uh, I'm a host uh, most of the time. Mm-hmm. I I want to make sure people's cups are full. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. That's it. I, I feel you on that, I man. And I, and I think you've described it well. I, I, I don't think like you should be ashamed of that. I, there's a, yeah. you know, there's something to be said for owning that kind of shit. And, and I know myself, I, I have a very addictive personality. I never tried cocaine. It wasn't around when I was a kid anyway, not where we were. Oh, you're in Canada. Yeah. It, it wasn't, it just wasn't around. It is now. I mean, it's, it's everywhere fucking now. But when I was, uh, when I was a kid, it just wasn't there. And I'm, and I'm kind of glad it wasn't because if I had experimented with it, I probably would have quickly developed a problem. Things that make me feel good. I kind of <laughs> want them like all the time. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, we talked. Um, yeah, I get it. Yeah. And, and there's some people that, uh, that I know, um, that if they, yeah, uh, both sides of the spectrum, I have some people that I know that like, if they drink, they're a total bummer. Yep. Um, and you know, like, Hey dude, if that's something you can't do, then I really can't spend yep. that much time with you because I, I do adore, um, hosting and drinking and yep. giving people alcohol, like at my bar or my home. So if you can't control yourself there, then our relationship is usually pretty short. But there's also people that I know that have sobered up, and they're incredibly awful sober people. Yeah, yeah, You're boring, just cranky. It's like not boring. No, I don't fuck if you don't drink, but don't yeah. be cranky. Yeah, like don't be just this angry little version of you. Find pot, find what you got to do to yeah. not be a dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. I, I have friends. The cranky sober guy. Yeah, no. But I have friends that like 
and they're not not that not to say that they're sober, but when they're not drinking, they're not fun. And then when they drink, they're like <laughs> they're fucking fun to be around, right? And it's like uh, I don't know, not to say like they're, they're still my friends regardless, but they're they're a lot better time when they're <laughs> when they're drinking. And I'm and I don't like I said I don't drink anymore and and, and I don't care if they're drinking, but I'd almost prefer that they yeah. <laughs> they were, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you seem no, like the no, kind of guy you seem like the kind of guy that alcohol elevates your mood. Is that is that would that be correct? Um, I I think all things elevate my mood. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of a I'm kind of a prick for the first thirty minutes I'm awake <laughs> because I'm just bummed. Yeah. Uh, but no, I I love good food. I love good conversation. I love good yeah. wine. I like interesting people. I like snappy clothes. I like people mm-hmm. that smile. I like people that love music, even if it's music I fucking hate. <laughs> I like I like clean shoes. I like dirty fucking converse. <laughs> I love everything. I want yeah. everyone like I, I want I. Nothing but everyone to, to smile and have a yeah. good time. Like, I fucking love, I love the party of I, life. I just found that booze like was was a mood enhancer for me, no matter what mood I was feeling. Though, so like if I was feeling shitty, it's like okay, let's have a couple of drinks, and then I'd feel fucking worse. <laughs> it would just drag oh, me down. Just, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm yeah. Sorry. That's why I kind of like no. a lot. All those things combined, just I just gave it up. Fuck it. Like I might have the odd one here yeah. and there. Every once in a while, I feel totally, like having yeah. a, a a jack on the rocks or something. But I always Ooh. regret it. I always regret it. That hey, was that was my drink of choice. For Sinatra. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's not that's a snappy drink. That's oh, whiskey Sinatra. and water for years. I drank just Jack and water. You know, it was fucking. And, and then eventually the water went away, and it was just Jack and. You know. I don't do a lot of hard liquor normally. No. Um, because I'm at the bar a lot. I like I said, I have a bar, and mm-hmm. it's uh, I'm there very long hours. So I do enjoy hard liquor. I drink a lot of Fernet. I yeah. drink a lot of uh, tequila. I love tequila. But normally, if I'm gonna drink, it's it's vino. Yeah, uh, I love wine a lot. That way, I can have a couple of glasses, mm. like, and it's I'm a I'm a I'm gonna coast. Yep. you know yep. what I mean. If I have if I was doing this interview with you and I had a, a tequila on the rocks, well mm. then, well then I'm gonna get loose. You know what I mean. <laughs> and I and I don't want to get loose. I want to have a nice time. Yeah, well, I think I think we so, are. It's been great so far. Yeah. So opening a <laughs> bottle of wine is a, is a lot different to me than. Yeah. Uh, than snapping back, yeah, cold whiskey on ice, which that does sound good, but oh, there's there's no there's no there's no longevity to that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. it's it's zero yeah. to sixty immediately. Yeah, um, and I'm on a coast. Tell me about this bar though. Like you, so what's this place called that you work at? I think I know, but I forget now off the top of my head. The bar is called the Imperial Lounge. Yes, it's a jazz lounge. Yep, in Galita, opened by this brilliant woman, Don O'Brien. This is her fourth bar. It's incredible. Like the the way it looks inside, you'd never. Mm-hmm. It's 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 really it's one of the best looking bars I've ever seen, and I go to yeah. many bars all over this world. She's very smart and brilliant at what she does, and um, she recently um, uh, decided she's going to retire, and so nice. she passed the torch on to me. Good. I've been running this bar for her for about eight years, and mm. we partnered up doing this thing, and she is uh, passing the torch on to me. So I'm very fortunate in the way that. She's never had a bar fail. Yeah. Um, and she set me up. She set me up. Yep. To do for success. Well, she it, believed in me. She loved me enough. And then we worked together on this thing. And yeah, this bar is gorgeous. You got to check it out. I've seen some of your posts. I knew I, that's how I knew it was called the Imperial because I, I saw one of your posts and, and you had tagged it somehow. And I, and I did a little bit of a, of a dive into it, but it was many months ago. I, I had a hard time remembering 
uh, what it was even called until you mentioned it, and then it popped back in. But it looks like a cool place. And so you're you've been it's running amazing. it for for eight years. So she set you up. Yeah. But I mean, you 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 know the ropes now. I mean, you've you've been there long. Oh enough. yeah, well I, yeah. I mean, she she set up the room, and I helped with the booze and the right. thing. We 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 definitely worked together. But I mean, yeah, to to give someone your business that you you know she didn't have to do it. She loves me. I love her, and it was I'm very lucky, and I know that. Yeah. Um, and it's a gorgeous room that I helped curate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, we worked and we we we're lightning together her and i are like tony and i like we just make art together mm-hmm. so i don't think this is the last bar that she's gonna do and i don't think it's the last bar i'm gonna do with her mm-hmm. right 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 yeah i think i'm gonna do another bar nice no, no, keep going so i like i like it I, how is this gonna change your life though are you still gonna you're not gonna still 10 bar there i guess right you'd be doing something different now absolutely i'm gonna 10 yeah? bar absolutely yeah? i'm gonna 10 bar. nice yeah i'm telling you i want to host i want the, it, it feels like the 50s if the owner's there Wiping oh, sure. bar, shaking your yeah. hand. No, yeah. I want that. No, that's exactly what I'm doing. Nice, good, good. I, yeah. I just meant like, I, like I knew you'd obviously if you if you're an owner of a small business, especially a bar or restaurant, you're gonna want to be around a lot. Clearly, you you kind of want to get the feel of how things are There's going. There's people that and, come in there and and have, and have visited to drink with me there yeah. for eight years. Like I'm going, yes, I'm going. That's my love. I love music. I love tending. I love making a room happy, man. I love. Everyone that I see, if I'm on tour or if I'm running my bar, everyone that I'm with, it's their night off. Yeah. Like, I'm catching everyone on the best fucking day of their week. Yeah. This world is a fucking awful place. There's some things that can make you happy. Like, and I'm catching everyone on the best night of their life. Yeah, that's so true. I'm lucky, man. And I'm, and I'm making sure that I keep that going. What a fantastic fucking yeah. way to look at it, man. I love that. That's the deal. Yeah. See, I'm not, I'm not going to stop touring. I don't give a fuck if no one buys the records. I'm going <laughs> to find a band that will, will allow me to still tour. I will always play music, and I will always have a place where I can make you a drink or share a drink or have a drink. Yeah. You know, these things are important to me. That's what I've always wondered um, about guys our age, though, that, that are in bands that tour, but they also have day jobs. I mean, <laughs> punk rock, like, I was talking about this with, uh, with, um, with Mike Cool Shades, Mike Garrett. You know Mike Garrett. <laughs> yeah, I he, hung out with him the other night. Yeah, he was on a couple episodes ago, and we we talked about this. He's a cut. really sweet guy. I've known him fucking for a fucking amazing long time. guy, amazing guy. Yeah, he, he's very positive. Yeah, he's very fun. And uh, and he and I were talking about that same thing. Um, oh fuck, I just lost my fucking train of thought. Where are we going with this? Yeah, well, yeah, every, every, everyone's got a day job, but at that's least, what it was. Yes, my, my my day job I've set up to where I've never. I, I want to have, dude. I, I'm not joking. Like I want to have fun every day. Yeah. So. But how do you balance the touring with the day job? Like, you're going to now be an owner. So, how, I, I mean, I guess I for people, you, it'd be a little different because you have people that working for you. So, you can leave Yeah, them. I have people that I trust. I have people, yeah. like, that have run bars for me, um, with me, that, yeah. I mean, you have a good team. Yeah. You always have to surround yourself with people that you give a shit about and they give a shit about you. Mm-hmm. I have a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course I'm going to tour. And of course I'm going to keep my bar. I yeah. just want, you just got to surround yourself with people that don't burn you. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Which is hard to do. Oh. But I have a good team. I've, I've been around this town. I've been around uh, this in particular business. Mm-hmm. And the people that I have coming in to help me, uh, this guy, Chaz, mm-hmm. he did, when I was playing guitar, I did the So Long a Story Tour with the Ataris, and mm-hmm. I had did Versus. Um, he was tour managing Ataris for us. He was tour managing uh, my band, Versus. Like, he, he ran my old bar, the Velvet Jones. Like, I have a guy I trust. I have yeah. people that I trust. I have family. So I'm not worried about that. No. But no, I will always tour, and I will always have them. Yeah. 
on uh, your a, end, a bar to call home. on your end, that's amazing that you can have that support so that you can leave and know that the, the place is in good hands. But a, a guy like yeah. me or a guy like Tony Bones, who's got like a, a regular day job, it must be so tough to balance the touring with that because if you're going to leave and go to Europe for a month, like how do you explain yeah. how do you explain that to your job and still have one when you come back? You know. <laughs> um, Tony owns his own business too. Oh, nice. Well, there you go. So he has and Pat Cupcake. Owns a restaurant, a chicken wing. <laughs> He's a chef. Nice. Um, Chris Flippin is in Lagwagon. Yep. So I guess he kind of owns his business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Part <laughs> yeah. one fifth, one fifth owner. <laughs> and Sean Sellers is in Good Riddance. Yeah. So here's the deal: we've all we all want to tour, and we all want to do. We we've all we're all guys that did. We set up what we love. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, but that's actually pretty cool to think about. We all kind of did it. All right. Yeah. Good work, boys. <laughs> it worked <laughs> out well. You, you guys have set yourselves up to, to be in a, in a band that can tour fairly easily by the sounds of it. You know what I mean? You can just hit the road. Yeah, I have want. to tour. I mean, yeah. so, that's, that's the other part of this. Is like the, making records is really fun. Yeah. It's always really fun. But playing a fucking yes. show. Yes. A hundred percent, man. That, that's the, there's nothing fucking better. For me, there's two things, and I've said this on previous podcasts, seeing shows and playing shows. And yes. not necessarily in that order. Sometimes playing a show is fucking the best time of your life, and sometimes seeing a show is the best fucking time of your life. Totally. Yes, exactly. It's what makes us tick. It's what brought us all together. Yeah. It's it's a beautiful thing. My yeah. dream is oh. to my dream is to tour. Like you guys are that is kind of like my dream because you know, Mike Garrett was saying punk rock's not gonna pay his bills. You know what I mean? Like he loves making punk rock, but it's not gonna pay his bills. So he has to that? have the day job and, and and so does a guy like me. But like if I could take off on a band and go on a tour, even if it was for well, how about this? Weeks, how about this? Right? How about this? How about this? How about if we do if the next time we do Canada, how about you come out and uh, do merch for us? Or I would fucking us? love that. I would love. Yeah, that. just take like five days off and you can just write. do. I would say Western Canada because yep. it's the seriously. When I tour Western Canada, I like to do it in the winter. Yep. I don't know why. I like going to. I love Vancouver. Yeah, you know how I don't have to tell you how pretty. It is I've never there. been out that way though, man. That's the thing oh, with me. Buddy. I've been east of me, but I've never been west, which is fucked. I live in like the, one of the most, that's like the most beautiful part of our, of our country, and I've never been that way. It's, it's really some of the most beautiful yeah. like, zones in the world. Yeah. Now. No, yeah, next time we see Canada, come out with us with you. But I would fucking love that. <laughs> I'm taking a few friends out to it. I would yeah. love that. And that, that way it could be super noncommittal. You could be on tour for a week or two, and before like, before, you know, you just get all crummy, like, dude, I'm tired. <laughs> you just get the fuck back home. Yeah, I just hop on that a plane. Way, that way, touring, touring will always look beautiful to you. <laughs> if you do it for 10 days, you'd be like, that's the life I want. Because well, three days is too short. 30, you're just like, well, fuck. Yeah. This is a lot. Oh, so, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. Especially those, like, tours where you guys are in vans and you're driving all over the place. Like, you know what I mean? Where you're constantly just oh, driving drive. and driving. Drive oh, God. I can't I'm a imagine. terrible driver. I'm a terrible driver. I've never driven anywhere in this world. It's great. I'm a terrible driver. I've been driven around this whole world. I'm really a bad driver. And here's the thing I should tell people. If you're a bad driver, I know there's instances where I have to drive, but if you're a bad driver, don't fucking do it. Just fuck off. Like, I know I'm a bad driver, so I don't fucking do it. Right. I have a Vespa. I have my car for my kids around, but I drive yeah. a little Italian Vespa around nice. my tiny little beach town. I'm a shit driver. I'm not going to put people in danger. If you're a bad driver, if you're a prick driver... Take a fucking Uber. Don't be a dick. The Vespa but is the, the Vespa is a great way to get around. Oh, I love it. It's better Vespa. than a car. Yeah, I think so too. And, right. and then I'm at my bar four nights a week, so I yeah. always take it at uh, Uber there. Yeah. yeah. So I don't. And, and then on tour, the guys know that I, I if I drive, I get terribly sleepy. <laughs> it's a scary thing. So I don't drive. I literally have really. Not, I haven't driven very much in the last twenty years. Good. 
Good. I mean, I, I'm, glad <laughs> yeah. you, I'm glad you realized it about yourself because there's a lot of shitty fucking drivers out there that, that just continue to drive and continue to drive me crazy on the road. Yeah, fuck <laughs> off. I'm one of those people. I drive too slow. Like, just like, you're honking at me. So I just don't do it. Yeah. I, when I, if I don't have to do it, I don't do it. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, we're, we're starting to get short on time here. So I want to ask you a couple more things that I, that I really want to hear about. You got a song called. Oh, yeah, sure. Sorry. You got a song called The Kids Are Fucked. And there's a story, <laughs> yeah. and there's a story behind that song. I want I want to hear it because I know a little bit about it, but I don't know the full ins and outs. What's the story behind it? Didn't somebody get stabbed, oh. which caused you to write that tune? Yeah, what was it? Who was it? Let me think. Let me get the specifics. Give me one second. I was running the Velvet Jones. That's easy. Um, I had a security guard. He was a younger guy. His name was Grady. I really like this guy, Grady. Good guy. Good kid. Um, we were working a hip hop show for an artist who has now passed away. His name is Nipsey Hussle. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I believe that someone shot Nipsey. I think, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, um, recently, right? Yeah. yeah. So Nipsey Hussle played our little bar, Velvet Jones. And yeah. And, uh, my security guard came up to me cause I was running the bars. Mm -hmm. I've, I've, I've been stabbed. I, like, I got stabbed. And like, he like it held his hand to his back and like his hand is just, and I, all I could say was like, you're fucking kidding. Mm. Like I had no words. I just mm -hmm. said, you're fucking kidding me. And I shoved my bandana in his back. Like it was an awful night. And like, you know, there's just all oh, these shithead gang members cruising mm. around, just like cops everywhere. Like literally the last people I want to be around at all. is yeah. just like fucking yeah. like, like hard ass fucking teenagers and cops, mm, like mm -hmm. two two different versions of pricks. Yes, just swarming my bar yeah. and this fucking guy bleeding out. He'd been stabbed by the spine, like super close, almost Shit. paralyzing him. And um, I, I remember that. I remember the guy that did it had a giant G tattooed on the side of his head for Galita. What a Jesus Christ! And the cops didn't give a shit about trying to find him. Uh, but the whole thing, it just like turned me off. Like there was yeah. just this like, because here's the deal. We got gang members in my town, mm. Galita, mm. Santa Barbara. Mm. We're the most privileged little beach town in the world. <laughs> yeah. Dude, suck a butt. Yeah. So the whole idea of, yeah, the kids are fucked. I was just like, I was just in a bad place. It's just like, like, just like if you were under like 21, I just thought you were a prick for like, because yeah. <laughs> I was running an all age venue. So, <laughs> So, you know, I would look at these people like like an old man, like, oh, here comes more trouble, you yeah. know, because I was just dealing with fights and cops and stabbings and all this shit at my venue constantly. And so, yeah, I just thought the kids were fucked because, like, God, I just look at these people and be like, this is it? This is the fucking dipshits that we got to deal with? Like, fuck everybody. I was in just a very negative place. Yeah. Um, actually, which is why I left that bar because of that, because every day I was feeling more and more negative and more like apathetic and just disgusted with fucking everything and everybody. Yeah. And I realized that it was this bar that I was running and these shows that I was hosting. I was like, you know what? Like this, I quit that. I quit. I gave up my part. I quit. I quit that bar. And I went and I moved to the Imperial. That's when I started doing yeah. this quiet jazz lounge thing. Cause I was just angry for no reason. Mm. I didn't like that. That was yeah. a, a couple of years where I was really angry because I didn't like my job. I loved tending bar. I loved having a venue. I didn't like the demographic anymore. So I knew it was time to get out. Yeah. Because you can't, you can't, you can't be angry all the time. Some, some yeah. of these people, you can't be angry with assholes. Just let, let them be assholes. Yeah. I had to get myself out of the situation. So the kids were fucked was about that. That stabbing in particularly sparked a thing in me. Right. And it sparked me quitting that job and moving that to a different life. 
but a different life, a different bar, a different bar, but also like a, a bit of a different lifestyle by the sounds of it. Like you had a change of venue, Absolutely, you had a change yeah. of scene. Like you, all the people were different. The the energy level was different by the sounds of it, you know, or just different yeah. in a way. Different, yeah. And I be, and I became on track of. I knew that I was, yeah, yeah. I just changed the whole trajectory mm-hmm. because I was very, I was angry, and that thing really it hurt my feelings that, um, that this kid mm. who just looked at me like. I, I couldn't do anything for him. Like, like, fuck. Yeah, what are you gonna do? I mean, the fuck. <laughs> and he, and I'm, I'm the only person like he could, you know, like I can't help you, man. I can shove this bar towel in your back and wait till the ambulance gets here. But yeah, holy shit, was he all so right? I tried to did hurt he, you. Did he end up being okay? Yeah, he was, he was okay. Fuck, lucky, okay. eh? Lucky. Yeah, bogus. Yeah, it's amazing how one like something like that can just kick you in the ass. It's the kick in the ass that you need to make a change. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I bailed right away. I literally, that was the last night at that bar. I left. Wow. Well, good for you, man, for recognizing that that was time to get out of that situation because I felt that way yeah, a lot of times sure. in my life, but I'm, I'm in golden handcuffs where I am. You know what I mean? I just, my job, I feel the same way. I, I don't particularly like it. It's just something I do. Well, I, you know, I was, in the, I, was, yeah. I was in golden handcuffs and I was on track to, to buy that bar from Craig. Yeah. And I wanted to buy that bar from Craig for a long time. Mm. Then I realized this is a different deal. I'm, the, the music scene had changed. It was less yeah. of a, rock and roll bar, punk rock had gone out of fashion. Uh, now it was more kids showing up with laptops and DJs and hip hop artists. Yep. Like, I'm yep. certainly not fucking, I'm not going to be the fucking owner of a hip hop bar where fucking DJs come in. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I don't want to own this place. Fuck this shit. Fuck this place. Yeah. So you, you're a live music so, guy. You want to see live music. Yeah. So I left that. But this, yeah, the bar that I bought, this is the fourth time I've tried to buy a, a bar. So different things have happened. Escrow or this, like Velvet. Um, me deciding I didn't want to be part of that. Mm. Yeah, it's just, you know, yeah. Venue is a good idea in theory, but God, yeah. venue owners, that's why it sucks. This pandemic is so gnarly. Being a venue owner is a hard fucking job. Oh, I believe it, man. I believe it. Ugh. You think I haven't thought about that? Like this pandemic, I, I have not lost any work. I've been fucking incredibly fortunate. I, I'm a, I work for a municipality. So I, I, you know, we were essential workers. We, we went every day, you know, I haven't missed yeah. any work. Which means I didn't lose any money, and I make a de- decent living. And and but a lot of these venues locally to me, like uh, I don't know if you, did you guys when you guys came through Canada, did you play any places in London? Like did you play Call the Office or any places like that? What are you hearing? I think you just had a little earthquake. No shit. <laughs> yeah. No shit. That's very California. Got a little. See my little. Yeah, they're little moving little. around. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that doesn't freak you out. Holy shit. Holy fuck. Uh, I mean, it did a little. You saw my face. Yeah. That's um, crazy. Sorry. Where did I play? What, 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 what did I play? I was asking if was you guys had ever played in, uh, <laughs> in London, Ontario at a place called Call the Office. You oh, I can't, I can't. I can't speak to that knowledge. Yeah. Um, I unfortunately, I've been, uh, I'm the guy that Denver, I don't remember where I played Denver. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the typical sort of. That's one of the punk rock bars in London, and and it's this little place know. with a corner know. stage, and it, it was going under, and during the pandemic, and they were about to shut their doors, and I thought to myself, "Fuck, I wonder if I should buy that place and keep it going," because I knew that the pandemic was going to break eventually, and that live music was going to yeah. come back, and back in a big way because everyone's so starved for it, right? Yeah. If if you buy a venue, come. Uh, I'll, I'll give you some advice. I'll I'll talk to you, and I'll help you yeah. with a couple of things because you can't just be a venue anymore. You yeah. have to, and you can't have a, what we call 48, seven licenses where you have to sell food. Yep. 48 licenses. You just want to sell booze. Yeah. I can help you with a couple of things, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I, and I'm sorry, I don't remember where I played. Um, no. There's guys like Tony and Mike that know the exact name of places we played. 
I just kind of remember yeah. uh, people. Yeah, you don't strike me as the kind of guy that's going to be get lost in those kind of details. You know what I mean? Like, especially like you said, like you're you're more with the people and the experiences than than you know the names of all the all the venues. But there, I know what you're saying. There are musicians who remember every fucking place they've ever played, yeah. and I love those guys. But yeah. I'm, I'm 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 normally I'm the guy that, that remembers uh, the restaurant and the people that uh, we hung out that night. Yeah. No, totally. Because every town every town I usually get the sound check and I bail and me and Tony yeah. Uh, and we'll go find a restaurant to be at. Sure. And, you know, if you're one of those kids that shows up to the show early because you want to meet the band, I mean, yeah. come fucking eat with us. That We've done that a million times. Oh, that's Because I'm not going to hang around the venue. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a guy that's going to sit in the back and hook up to the Wi-Fi. Yeah. I know a lot of guys yeah. like to do that, but right. no, I'm going to go eat and I'm going to go drink. Yeah, I mean, like, a lot of my favorite, fa- I'll say quote-unquote favorite bands, but a lot of my, like, a lot of bands are, are um, local... Or bands that play local places, you know what I mean? And so I got to meet a lot of my heroes. And like one of my favorite bands, like they've been on the show a couple of times, this band called Somehow Hollow. A couple of members of those guys have been on. They're they're a couple of brothers that are the two main mainstays in the band. And they, you know, they brought me in before I even knew they grew up in the same town I did, you know what I mean? When they were young and then moved away just to a couple towns over. I thought they were from like the States because they were on Victory Records and you know what I mean? They, they played all these fucking shows all over the world and all of a sudden I go see them in Stratford or whatever, which is like their hometown when they were a kid. And they're going, yeah, we're just oh, from killer. here. Yeah. And so I got to meet them and like hang out with them and, and get to be friends with some of my favorite bands. There was an old band called Beefcake too. They came around and they had a singer called Phil. I think one of, the, one of their guitar players is now in the Ataris, I'm pretty sure. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Johnny Kalura. Yeah. He, he yeah. was the fucking guitarist yeah. of, of the guitarists for so long Astoria. Yes. Um, and the and Phil, that guy had a had a watch tattooed uh, for the time he was born. <laughs> but it was the ugliest tattoo in the fucking world. Yes, I know Beefcake. Beefcake is one of those bands that I used to book with the Ataris. Yes. So Johnny wasn't in the band. I wasn't playing with the band or touring yep. with them. Yeah. I would I would book my band with Beefcake and freaking Ataris. Yep. Yes, I know Beefcake. Yeah. And, yep, then, yep. and Johnny is Johnny's one of my favorite people in the world. I saw them with the Ataris. Yeah. And, and I'm sure the world is freaking Johnny Beefcake. Oh my god, they're they're amazing. And like they like, do you remember the big wig that Phil uh, used to uh, wear? Uh, 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 I don't know if they're amazing. Well, I mean, let's. They were amazing <laughs> for what they were. Let's say they were a yeah. very funny band. Like their their album was just littered with comedic songs. You know what I mean? But they were cool comedic yes. songs, yeah. and that's what I always liked about them. And then I bumped into Phil when I saw them when they rolled through town with the Ataris, and he and I like talked at the bar for like I don't know fucking half an hour, and I just was starstruck. I'd never been that close to a, to a band that was coming from another country touring through that I really liked. And so he and I had a great yeah. conversation, you know? I'd love to get like a hold of him, lot. but I can't find him fucking anywhere. I can't find him on social media. I don't know his last name. There's no Wikipedia. Nothing. Nothing. Hold on. I'll get, I'll get his details. Oh, I would love I'll that. Johnny for it. Yeah. yeah. If, you, if you could get me hooked up with that guy, I'd love to talk to him about the yeah, old fucking punk days. Let me ask Johnny Beef, old freaking Johnny Beef. <laughs> fucking guy. <laughs> That guy, so these are these are my first experience with people from like the East Coast. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. never had anyone ever in my life called me fuckface. <laughs> you know, like what? <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Like, no, especially someone I was friends with. They're like, yeah, all right, take it easy, there, fuckface. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, like you got you literally sound like a jerky voice CD. Like, what is going on? Fuckface. And, I don't know. Fuckface was my password for everything when I was a kid. Like every account Seriously? I had was fuckface. See, I was more of a California guy. Everyone was like <laughs> saying, like everyone talked like Chris Flippin. Everyone's like, dude, killer. Yeah, you're rad. Yeah. Just hang. Fucking let's blaze. 
I mean, it sounds equally as silly. Yeah. You, know, you sound, you yeah. can't walk around sounding like Spicoli, but you also can't <laughs> walk around sounding like freaking Tony Soprano's kid. Well, that's it. If okay, it's authentic, if it's authentic, I want to hear the Spicoli. I love everything California. I've said that a number, like so many of my guests well, that, that I've had on here are from California and I love well, it. Well, then you need to, you need to have an interview with Chris Flippin because that guy sounds, he is the way he speaks, his demeanor. I, you know what? He is the, he's the most California dude in the world. Those are the kind of guys that I'm scared to reach out on because they're in, they've been in such big bands that I don't even fucking know how I would even address them. Like, Lagwagon was, for me, when I was a kid, like, they're huge. You know, they were on, like, the, when I got those compilations and, and the Lagwagon songs, you knew it was going to be a good track. It's like, you, it's like I want to hear the new Lagwagon because you knew it was going to be good. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. No, yeah, you knew. You know, there was a time where, yeah, almost anything that Fat would put out during those golden yeah. years, you knew this was going to be killer. Yeah. But no, Joey... Um, uh, bad astronaut Lagwagon. Joey and Chris Flippin's relationship. Um, the, you always knew that it was going to be a good fucking song. You're yeah. Right. You oh yeah. Knew. Totally. Yeah. Let's uh, let's talk gear a little bit before we get out of here. Are you still? Uh, you said you had some amps before. You still collecting a little bit of gear? Or have you kind of cleared it all out to make room for other stuff in the move? Or what, holy crap! Hell no. Okay, sup, <laughs> boy. We got. We got Johnny Beefcock. He's gonna Beefcock. So Love it. Oh, I'm sorry. Love Beef, it. Beefcake. We're gonna get you that info <laughs> for uh, for Beefcake. Okay, so I have uh, an orange amplifier. That's like the first new amp that I bought. We got uh, dealt with a little bit of a sponsorship, so I got a Rocker Verb that nice. I adore. Uh, my Wagner Shiva is the best sounding amp I've ever played through. Oh, I believe that's it. the one I got from that from the white dude from Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah. And if you're the white guy in Earth, Wind, and Fire, you got some fucking chops yeah because earth wind and fire kicked ass and this guy looks like a dweeb and he killed it <laughs> so that guy he really had to earn that spot uh what other amps do i have i have a uh, shit i have one of D- uh, dave haas uh was rehearsing at my house i think i have his i think i still have his fender i have a mesa boogie triple rectifier that i'll never get rid of yeah because that was the amp listen whatever it's great it's not amp. In fashion anymore. No, but fuck off. It's a great. It's amp. a great amp. So those are my amps. But, but I don't need any more amps. Mm. But guitars, I have amazing guitars. I have a. I have a. No, this is not a video podcast. Right? No, no, no. It's just uh, we're just going to do audio. I just like to see the guest. That's all. Well, that's too bad because I have some fucking gnarly guitars. Oh, I have some really killer ones. So I have a uh, super old, what is this? This is a, the standard. This is the oh, gold. Oh, yeah, nice. I think it's heavier than, it's like a body. Yep. This is a uh, 58 reissue TV Pelham Blue oh, Gibson. Nice. They made 25 of these. Oh, wow. <sighs> 25. So I'm a prick when it comes to limited edition. You could sell me like. Whitney Houston's limited edition fart in a Ziploc bag. And, and I, I would buy it if it came with a shirt. Um, this is the only new guitar I've ever bought. I bought a white, Alpine white Gibson Les Paul. The only reason I bought it new was because I liked the way that white Les Pauls turned yellow. Yep. They end up looking like a smoker's teeth. Yep, yep. Um, so I wanted to buy it brand new and make it ugly. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It's gorgeous. So That's it's, awesome. it's, um, this is the only cheap guitar I have, but I bought it off a recommendation from Joey Cape. Uh-huh. This is the, uh, Jay Mascus. Yeah. Uh, Squire. Yep. I put a Fender Jazzmaster. I found a nice old. Yeah. So th- yep. that deal, 
is the only cheap guitar I have. And if someone put a, I got a versus the world like plate on there. Oh, nice. Yeah, I can. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and this thing sounds awesome. I believe like, it. Some of these guitars are disgustingly pricey. This thing I yep. play every day. Yeah, yeah. I have a 60th anniversary. Ooh, 52. Yeah. What is it? This is a Pine Telecaster. They made this thing out of pine. This thing's really killer. Nice. Um, I don't remember what year this is. This is a telly. I don't remember. This is my friend Robbie Keown. He's a brother of mine. He was in a band that we started called Crooks and Liars. Yep, yep. He left me that guitar. This is a 68 oh, Fender Mustang bass. Yep. Oh, and then I have like my acoustics. I have old J45s. I have old guitars. Is I got to stop spending money. <laughs> I had to pare down the collection quite a bit. I, I had to stop myself, but you know, I still, I just, I, I just love them. They're like art, right? That's why I try to hang Dude. as many as I can. Cause they're just <laughs> beautiful. Absolutely love them. Dude, check out the new house that we, that I moved into this, this summer. Dude, I love that pool scene you got going on there. I, I love seeing the kids jumping around that with that view. You know what I mean? Like when you post no those neighbors, posts, it's like, oh. there's horses over there. There ain't nobody out here. Beautiful. It's heaven. I'm telling you. No one's out here. It's yeah. quiet. Yeah, it sounds like. neighbors are horses and cows. It's amazing. Uh-huh. How'd you get hooked up with this place? Just just looking around, just found the right spot? Uh, no, no. It's my, my very, one of my very best buddies. His grandma, his mom grew up here. His grandma passed away. Oh. I had always told him if that place ever came available. Yeah, just yeah. Let me know. Yeah, it looks like a great spot, man, for sure. Yeah, I'm loving it. And then the only, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff we didn't get to, and that's fine because oh. if, if I think we hit it off, and I, I'd love to do a part two with you someday, especially like maybe down right. the road when the new record comes out and I've had time to digest it and you know all that kind of stuff. I'd love to do another one with you. Um, Sounds good. But I wanted to ask you, like, I read an old interview where you talked about uh, social media. You know, this is like back in, I think it was 2015. And they asked you how you felt about social media at the time and, and what you thought it meant to bands. And at the time, I think you said it was necessary. You didn't feel that it was necessary, but that it helped. But how do you feel about it now? Because I see you, you, you don't post a lot, but you post enough, right? Like, um, I'm terrible at it. I probably should be better. <laughs> I, don't think it's, I don't think it helps anymore at all. I think it's absolutely necessary. I yeah. think it's how some bands start now. I think it's everything now. Yeah. It's everything now. Um, I don't know how to navigate it very well. No, me neither. You know, like my my bar, my jazz lounge is like, it's, it was started by a woman that had a pedigree, so we don't advertise for our bar at all, and we and we do very well. Uh, right. My band, fuck, I don't know. I we're, when when the record comes out, yep. yes, leading to it, I'm sure we'll do more. I think it's very necessary. Yeah, um, yeah. Is that cool or not? I don't. I don't who gives a shit anymore? People want it. People expect it now. I think it is cool because you, the way it, you, you're getting to you know, see, like, especially when you were when you guys were recording that, to be able to see behind the scenes of like actual the day of, sometimes you know the minute after or, or live even on Instagram live to see things going on like that. You'd never see that back in the old days. You'd get your record or your no. CD and you'd open it up and you'd listen to it, but you'd never see the behind the scenes stuff. Now you get to see it all. The magic as it's happening, right? Almost like as it's like, happening. Ah, just open, as it's ha- <laughs> open up this passion fruit. Passion fruit. Nice. Yeah, as it happens, just picked it off the mind. <laughs> Holy shit, that's good. Um, yes, it's absolutely necessary. Yeah. Um, and I think that I'm a little bit bad at it because. Uh, well, we didn't grow up with it, right? 
Like the, it was um, no, it's, that's not an excuse. There are people that are really good at it. Yeah. I'm bad at it because I am uh, not focused on it. Like mm. it's, to me, it's not a priority. I'm right. too busy trying to make. I'm trying. I'm too busy. I'm the guy in the background trying to make everybody laugh, trying to make yeah. a joke. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not taking a picture of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Which is the opposite with my kids. Like my kids are doing anything. I'm filming everything. Yeah. You know. So I just got to <laughs> yeah. be a little bit more present. Yeah. You know. Um, I think it's absolutely necessary. I think it's really fucking cool. And it's the way that I figure out things are happening. Yeah. You know, there's been a million times that I've gone on the Instagram. I'm like, oh, shit, there's a vinyl pre-order today. I got to yep. get on that. So I think that, yes, if I want to act like like I give a shit about people listening to my music, yeah, I got to do that. Because yeah. that's the way I find out. You know? Yep. So I think that this is the only way to do it now. And because sp- that's how I get my news. And speaking of that, like speaking of getting your news from social media, uh, I try not to, I mean, if I discover a band organically through social media, great. Or if another band of that I like posts something of another band, then great. But I always like to ask my guests, like, what what are you listening to these days? Are there any new bands that are tickling your fancy? Like, anything that's new to you or, or, or new that's come out that I may not know of that you're listening to that you really like? And punk or otherwise. God, I wish. Yeah. No. I'm I know. listening to the Hold Steady. <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> I'm listening to fucking old Hold Steady records. I, I got the new uh, uh, Broadway Calls not that long ago. But I mean, seriously, what are, the record I just got in the mail is, dude, this is so wild. You're going to be bummed on me. <laughs> I got, <clears throat> I got the, this Jacqueline Tiavo jazz record. Yeah, yeah. Like, no one's, no, no one's going to listen to that. <laughs> I got this Garth Brooks record in the mail yesterday. Nice. And and Billy Joel's greatest hits. Oh wow, that's so, a good one. So no, I'm not listening to anything <laughs> that you <laughs> knew. Every 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 single guest has said that. I'm I'm telling you, there's been like very few that have said, "Hey, there's this new band you should check them out." Almost almost every single guest has said to me so far. <laughs> Nope, just the old stuff. I listen to what I like. I know what I want to hear, and that's I what I want to find new shit. Yeah. Like, yeah, but no, no. I bought I bought an old jazz record <laughs> from a French from a French singer, an old Garth Brooks record, a Billy Joel greatest hits. Like, fuck me. And I just wrote a punk record. Who am I kidding? No, I, I love it, man. That's and that's like some of my favorite musicians are have a very varied music taste, a, a, like a wide musical range, right? Which is perfect. It's what well, you want. Well, no. Here's what we're doing. I'm listening to some oldies last night. Listening to some GR tonight. Our homework is let's listen to uh, let's listen to at least two records that really got us fired up on what we love and why we love it. Fucking right. Let's I w- see, what should I do? I won't do it tonight because I have to do it. I have to be at work at five a.m. So I'm gonna <laughs> we're off this call. I'm going to I'm going to prepare to hit hit the sack. But tomorrow right, cool. I will. I think I'm gonna do. I will do. Uh, we talked about. Let's see. What's some old shit? You talked about the old fat comp. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I got that old. Uh, I got Suburban Teenage Wasteland Blues, the that strung out reissue. I haven't even opened it. I'm gonna listen to that tonight. Nice. Yeah, I'm gonna listen to that tonight. I'm gonna do. If I had to pick one, thinking back to my childhood, they got me really fired up. Nirvana Bleach, that album. Bleach. Yeah. All right. Because I I I heard Bleach after I heard Nevermind. Right. And me too. I thought it was fucking better. Then never mind. And I mean, don't don't get me wrong. Nevermind had some fucking bangers and some hits on it. Obviously, it's what launched. Them, oh, had but, a couple of hits. But Bleach was <laughs> Bleach was so raw. Like you talk about things being raw and sounding fucking amazing. That record was yeah, freaking no 
recess. Yep. Like, yeah, yep. of course. That's a chorus that stuck with me forever. It's yep. super simple. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Amazing. I love it. Well, All let's... right, you listen to Bleach. I listen to Old Strung Out. I I'm like good. that idea. I like it, man. Hey, listen, we've been uh, over two hours now. So I'm not going to keep you too much longer. Like, I, I try to cap these things at two hours because, like I always say, like, people probably love listening to you talk, but they probably hate listening to me talk. So I hate listening to my own voice back when I edit these oh, things. Oh, no, you're, you're Canadian. You have an accent. It makes you very interesting. Yeah. Well, if you say so. Okay, but... so so part two, when we get around to it, we can yep. look at some of your gear because I see some of your guitars over there. Yeah, I got nothing too and, fancy. Uh, I got nothing too fancy. We, we'll review it in part two, but I, I might have something better by then. But right now, it's not, nothing crazy in the collection. A couple less balls, a PRS that I just got which i really like this thing over here and uh yeah and a, and a couple of fender mexican things telly and a strat and a and a, and a the bass there and that's it everything else is kind of and, right. and a taylor acoustic that i ne- had never touch it's probably got three hours of play on it in the last 10 years but uh Jeez. yeah i'm not an acoustic guy i just when i sit down to play it's it's going to be an electric guitar for sure all right cool right on but yeah, man, listen, I'm not going to keep you too much longer. Um, don't go away. I'm going to do a quick little wrap-up, and then I'll say a quick goodbye to you properly. Uh, that's cool. it, everybody. You just heard uh, Don on uh, from Versus the World on the I Got Ask podcast. Appreciate you guys who do me a favor and follow the podcast on the social media networks, Facebook and Instagram. That'd be amazing. Just look for it. I Got to Ask podcast. You will find it. It's the only one. And uh, subscribe to me wherever you listen. Rate me wherever you listen. That's a big help. And uh, drop me a line at igotaskpodcast at gmail.com. Or sorry, igapodcast at gmail.com. Let me know what you think of the show. And uh, if you're doing something cool and you want to be on, uh, let me know. Drop me a line and we'll talk about it. Otherwise, that's episode 24. Thanks for being with us. And we will get talking to Don again in the future. Don, thanks again for being here, buddy. No problem. Cheers. Thank you.